It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday, January 9th, 2018. It's the beginning of the new year, and we're about to talk about some new, well, we're going to talk about some new games eventually, but as for today, I'm Zach Thomas. I'm New Year's Dave. And are you ready to go into 2018? Full stride. Oh no. Oh no? I clawed my way into 2018. Yeah? Yeah. Just barely? Yeah, I'm hiding from games, actually. Oh, well. How'd your holiday go? Uh, fine. I didn't go yeah. home for the holidays. I stayed, uh, in the bay the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend it. <laughs> Something rejuvenating about being alone for the holidays. Yeah. Uh. Not even with your honey? No, I spent some time with her. Oh, okay. Um, which was nice. Yeah, it, there's just something about, like, traveling to be with, like, loud people for three days that, like, yeah. isn't really a holiday. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's it's kind of work. I, I, I like going home. It's just, you know, it's a pain and an inconvenience. And, uh, I don't know, after the gauntlet that was 2017, <laughs> it was nice to have two weeks where I'm just like, mm, I'm just going to go take a walk. Yeah. I'm just going to clear my head uh, and start 2018 refreshed. Yeah. That never just, happened, but oh, I'm making do. Your walk turned into a crawl. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Things are good. Uh, did you get anything cool? Presents-wise? Yeah. Did you get a present from anybody that you're just like, huh? I uh, my uh, girlfriend gave me a neat pillow for my oh. uh cat to sleep on. Oh. And she <laughs> likes it very much. Wait, Tsunami's a girl? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um what else? I guess I just didn't know. <laughs> I got a nice jacket. Cool. What kind I of jacket? Got, it's like a fleece hoodie. Fleece Navida? It's a Fleece Navida hoodie. Okay. Um got some nice uh slippers for the home. Mm. Yeah, what else? I got a neat uh 40-year calendar. It's like this like weird disc thing that you kind of rotate and if you line up the uh the month and the year on it, it'll tell you all the days. That's it's like pretty it, rad. It's interesting. It looks like a Mayan artifact. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a neat thing. Did you get anything for, uh, I feel like a pretty standard gift is something for the kitchen. Mm. Just that that calendar. No, no kitchen appliances. I don't cook that much. Like every year, I'm like, maybe this will be the year that I finally cook. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I should probably start. (laughs) I can't just eat out every night. I got a bunch of canned food yesterday. What's up? I said, I got a bunch of canned food yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like went to went to Dollar Tree, where everything's a dollar, and picked up a bunch of tuna, a bunch of chicken noodle soup. It's pretty yeah. Bad. Oh, you're living that college life now. Yeah. So, uh, listener, if you hear a bunch of uh, echo in this week's recording, it's because I don't have anything up in my dorm uh, to kind of dampen the sound. If you hear sick bong rips. <laughs> If you hear, uh, past the the doobie, 
if you hear any uh flip cup being played yeah if you hear uh um, from here until like may yeah that's what it is it's just zach's college life yeah and i'm also sick this week this so. is like the uh this is like when uh shows about high school kids have a sequel where they're in college now <laughs> This yeah. is season two of the Kaido cast. The Kaido cast season goes two. to college. Hey, I can actually change the seasons on <laughs> on the episodes. So now we're in season two. Yeah. Going through Zach's college. Rad. Kaido, Kaido in college. Yeah, we even had that 26 episode arc like an anime does. Oh, gosh. We really did. Cool. Anything else special? Uh, Nope. Did you propose? Did I propose? Yeah. No. We've only no. been dating for a little over a year. Well, you could be like one of those people. <laughs> I. It's just, it's like, no, I'm kidding. I don't know how anyone has the idea to propose that early. Yeah. Also, I don't think it's smart to propose to someone before you live with them. Yeah, that, that does seem like a... It's a lot of dynamics there <laughs> that you have to... Be a hundred percent certain that you are gonna be cool with for the next fifty years. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> so, um, I guess I will. You know what tell else you I about did? My holiday. Oh yes, please. Um, I got a, a pretty sweet mouse here for the holiday. I also bought myself a a camera, so we can start doing interviews and stuff. Well. I bought a camera just, like, because I was like, well, I should probably get a, a, a it's a webcam, actually. Um, I was like, I should probably get a webcam, just in case, like, we might at some point want to do, like, a conference call, like, a video call so we can actually see each other or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, because I think it'd be weird to do, like, an, an interview with a dev and them on camera or something and then me not, because um, just, I don't know. Um... What else did I get? I don't know. I got... Uh, my girlfriend got me a little uh, mini arcade machine thing. It's like a little desk ornament, but... Oh, uh, it's not one... I thought she got you one of those plug-in to TV. No. 30 games in one. Oh, no. It is a. It is kind of like that. It has games on it. It's got about 100, and most of them are like... I don't know that they're actually rip-offs of other games. Um... They're like blatant ripoffs, but they're like, I assume that they just generated two words and then made a game from that. So like some of them are just like bunny gun. Oh, this is a fun, this is a fun game. Yeah. You you tell me the games that they're supposed to be and I'll tell you what I think they named them. Oh, it's dead. It's dead? (laughs) Yeah, I accidentally left it on. Oh. I was about to turn it on and check out some games. My fun game. Does it not say yeah. on the box or anything? Uh, No, it does not. It just yeah. says Retro Machine. <laughs> um, The best one was a ripoff of that one game. Uh, Well, we're not going to we're not going to do this now. OK. <laughs> um, yeah, I got a bunch of cool stuff. I got a pretty sweet knife. I got a new case for my computer. Um, and yeah, I got a. I, I was like pumped. <laughs> I got a bunch of useful like clothes and stuff and shirts and 
because I wear a lot of white t-shirts. So okay, that's bold. I, I told like everybody that I that would buy me stuff. I'm like, hey, can you just like buy me some white t-shirts? And now I have upwards of forty white t-shirts. Like an undershirt or uh, like a polo. I, it's no, yeah, it's like an undershirt. <laughs> it's just a normal white t-shirt. I usually wear them under like jackets or like hoodies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes if I'm not like going anywhere special, I'll just wear it. Sure. Um, I understand that that is like the standard, uh, real asshole move just to wear a white t-shirt, but you know, I don't care. It's whatever. Why is it an um, asshole move? I I don't know. A lot of people have expressed their feelings on white t-shirts around me, um, very, uh, pointedly, but I still wear them. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm I'm doing fine not wearing a shirt that has a, a Nike swoosh on the front of it. Like I mean I'm not advertising. I'm my just... wardrobe is like exclusively band tees. Yeah. It's that's almost how entirely wa- band tees. Yeah, my mine is getting that way with like like there are some t shirts I bought from an artist on Instagram that I really like. Um a lot of giant bomb t shirts. I like some band tees. Yeah, I, I don't like, I don't know. As I grow older, <laughs> I start to, I'm I'm kind of shying away from wearing just a Nike t-shirt because I feel weird about exclusively advertising for Nike, like, willingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of where my, my mind has gone. Um, anything else? You tell me. Um, you know, <laughs> played a lot of games. Yeah. Oh, I I should talk about my girlfriend's holiday, please, uh, or how they do it at her house because this is crazy. Um, so my girlfriend's family is like super competitive, okay. and um, the way that they do the holidays, which this started a few years back, because they they the way that they used to do holidays is like everybody would come over, and this is how they do any time or any any like family get together is they'll all go to her house or her family's house. And um, they will, like, play board games, card games, all kinds of games. Like, cornhole. Uh, I've heard that cornhole is not called cornhole across the nation. Uh, it's the... Do you know what it is? Yeah. Okay. I know it is cornhole. Okay, good. Uh, they play cornhole. They play, like, washers. They play all, all kinds of stuff. Um, and, like, before, they would just kind of play these games and stuff. And then, like, whatever. But now they have a holiday belt, which is a WWE belt uh, with holiday written across the front of it. And they have like this huge rule book of all of the games and like their rules for it. And they have a scoring system of like and like a bonus scoring system to where it is now this bracketed tournament every holiday. And it is the craziest thing. Like they're adding like all kinds of weird scoring systems to poker and like extra scoring systems to like weird games like Tinsy, which is just about rolling dice. It's so bizarre and it takes up about like 14 hours of that day. And it's pretty intense. Like they're super competitive and they like, this is what they do on now. It's like, thanksgiving and christmas and um it always 
comes down to like somebody being tiny. And I always get last. So that's that's fine. I, I, as you should. Yeah, I I always get last. Yeah. <laughs> I think I walked out of there with like 2 points whereas the highest person had like 130. That's the role of the daughter's boyfriend is to not shake shit up. Yeah, and challenge <laughs> the family. Yeah. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe it's for the best. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um what do you yeah. say? Oh, what, what was that? Nothing. I was going to say did you come close to winning at anything? Um No, not really. Okay. Her dad did make a pretty cool game. I forgot to mention this. Her her dad made a pretty cool game. It's like we call it Decapong. Um because they kept saying it's like beer pong. It's not really really like beer pong aside from the fact that you're using ping pong balls and you're trying to get them in like little short holes arranged in a uh, in a triangle. Um so okay. what it is it's almost exactly like beer pong. Okay. Well, um so what it is is like you have this foot by probably a foot by a foot or square foot square uh sitting in front of you and it's like it's a box that's only probably about two inches tall or maybe even less maybe like an inch tall and there's like holes in it arranged like i said in a triangle and you have um you have six ping pong balls to get into the other person's square and you're sitting across like a table and what you do is you bounce the the ping pong ball just in front of your square and then you have it bounce into one of their uh holes and the way the the scoring system works is at the very beginning of the game, you draw uh, poker chips with like numbers on them to see like who has the higher chip, uh, who has the higher chip, and then whoever has the lowest like draws out poker those poker chips and puts them into the the holes like from the bottom to, or from the top to the bottom, left to right, and like that changes the scoring of every game and stuff. And it's like really cool. Like there's a bonus ball that that you get for every throw and. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. Um, he just neat. like randomly made it and was like, oh, let's play this. Um, do, you, do you know what bullet ball is? Bullet ball? No, I do not. I need to send you that video. Okay. There was this this man made a game that's a, essentially it's like table hockey, but okay. you, you use a rubber ball and your arms and <laughs> he called it bullet ball and he tried to sell it on a shark tank. Okay. Um, and like, he had this long sob story about how like bullet ball is his life, and he wants it to be an Olympic sport, and like yeah. he was so obsessed with it that his like wife left him, <laughs> and he lost his job, and like he basically went to the the people at Shark Tank and said like this is all I have left, and I need it to become a reality, and yeah. it was such a stupid fucking game that nobody <laughs> wanted to give him any money. Yeah. And like, <laughs> oh my god! I'm watching a video of this. There's a really good scene at the end where one of the sh- uh, people on Shark Tank was like, "You lost your wife. You lost your home. You lost your job. What do you have left?" And he just like look, he just looks at them. He's like, "I have bullet ball." <laughs> oh my gosh! And it's so, you know, it's it, so dumb. It looks really bad. Yeah, I think okay. you can, I think the website still exists for it. Oh, man. Do you need that table? That big table with the bumpers? Yeah, you basically need this guy to send you a table that he put bumpers on. Cool. Um, Yeah. 
Well, uh, I, I think that that Hannah's dad's game is a little bit more thought out and a lot simpler, but than punching a, a, a ping pong ball or this rubber ball. But uh, do you want to talk about some actual games? The real games. Not bullet ball? Uh, we could talk about bullet ball. <laughs> we should both a play bullet ball before we talk about it. Okay. I'll make, um, I'll make sure so to me, send you a table. Yeah, send me that table. Um, <laughs> I'll send it back whenever it's your turn to, to hit the ball. All right. Um, yeah, bullet ball by mail. Oh, gosh. No. Okay. So, since this is the beginning of the year, playing games is a little different for us. <laughs> it's not like last year. No. it's We get to play whatever the hell we want. This year, I don't um, turn on the TV. I get better frames that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I'll start out. Um, I played some Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, I was kind of talking about this during Game of the Year. And especially, um, it was surprising me again in the way it did whenever I first played it. Um, I I think Ghost Recon Wildlands is really cool. Like I, It's super relaxing for me. Uh, I was listening to an old Bombcast whenever it first came out. And, well, old, like earlier last year. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but they were talking about how it's not zany enough for them and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know. I I really like it. I don't. You said that you had tried it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how did you feel about it? I, I didn't like any of the people in that game. Yeah, they're pretty terrible. Which makes it hard to play a game. Like, <laughs> I thought the faux Bolivia that they made was nice. And I think the game feels good to play. But, like, I hated my squad. I hated the bad guys. Like, everyone in that game is so miserable. Yeah. I just didn't care to play through it. Um, So I played maybe five hours of it. Um, and all, by myself also, which I feel mm-hmm. like that game should be played with friends. Yeah. Um, because the AI is so overpowered. Like that yeah, game and... very quickly just becomes you ordering your squad to kill people <laughs> while you yeah. just chill. Um, and they're See, like I didn't, perfect. I didn't even use the the sync shots until like here recently. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, you can just you just do it. You can just take out this entire camp as long as you don't drop them right in front of each other. Mm-hmm. You could just take on this whole camp with uh, without even laying a hand on anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it feels like super good to play. Um, I I don't know. I've always had this thing of really liking like super tactical uh, shooters, and like Arma is just maybe a little too much. Like it's it's too little action with like running around for hours and. It just doesn't seem fun. Like, I have, I have a few friends that got really into Arma 3 um, and really wanted me to play with them, but it just doesn't seem fun at all. It's It just looks boring. Um, although they did do... I think, now that I remember, I think I tried the Battle Royale stuff on, on Arma 3 with them mm-hmm. a while back, and I was like, oh, this doesn't seem great. And then I ended up playing player notes with them. Um and also, like, it's a little bit more fleshed out than, a, like, a battlefield and, like, being bigger in, in scope, obviously. 
Um, I don't know. I, I really like there. There's literally like this. This is such a minute detail, but in games where you can have like guns on your back, something about that just gets me. It's like, yeah, I'm swapping out the guns on my back or something. Like, I don't know. There's something so like raw about just carrying a bunch of guns on my backpack or whatever. That's just it. It it, it gets me. Okay. <laughs> like that's one of the things I liked about Metal Gear Solid. It's like I have these. I have this rocket launcher on my back. Just whatever. Yeah, it was satisfying um, to see how yeah. that would bounce around as you ran. Yeah, um, and even like to an extent, like having a backpack, like in uh, Last of Us, I liked how he just anytime you got into your inventory, he just like throws the backpack off and opens up the or like unzips it. Mm-hmm. Um, like something about having interactive stuff on my back, and like I, I also think that's like a really good way to visualize inventory um, and kind of just keep in mind what you have on you. Um, but yeah, it, I had a lot of fun playing Ghost Recon Wildlands. I, I still think I should have probably put up a better fight for, uh, music because I still, I like that music quite a bit. It's really good. Just ambient music. Yeah. I just um, don't, I just don't remember it. Yeah. Well, I remember yeah. that game being largely silent. It is at times. And then that's also when the best, uh, the best uh, dialogue comes in whenever your guys are kind of like explaining cocaine every no, once right. in a while. I think that's why I remember that game being largely silent is because I muted it. Oh, yeah, maybe. Because like there are times whenever there's like one of your team members that isn't a total like annoying dumbass. And he's like, yeah, so how do they make cocaine? Uh, they Like this is what they do. This is the process. And like it's the most uh, kind of laid back dialogue compared to everything else. And it's ten times better for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not your CIA director going, they killed my fucking friend. <laughs> like something like right. that. Um, which makes it ten times better. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you play? Uh, I played a few things. I beat a few games on my backlog. Yeah. Um, and one that wasn't on my backlog, but I decided out of curiosity to try it out. Um, Oxenfree was on sale uh, over the break for five dollars on the switch um and i was like "Mm, i guess i'll try oxen free like i really had no it was never sold well to me yeah it was always sold as like this weird teen spooky drama and uh and like i was just like okay i'm not that interested in it um if someone would have sold it to me as like oh you can communicate with uh ghosts from the past using a radio I would have been like, oh, that's much more interesting than how people have been pitching this. Um, Oxenfree is really cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. So basically, you play as these uh, group of teens, and they're having a party on this island um, that is very, very closely, um, maybe deliberately designed like Alcatraz. Um, And basically, they sneak onto this island um, to have a party. And it's supposed to be this like yearly rager thing that seniors do. Um, and they get there and only five people showed up. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so it's just uh, you and your uh, your new stepbrother. Your parents uh, had just recently gotten married. So it's you, your new stepbrother, uh, your best friend, and then two other friends from your high school. You meet up. Um, you kind of have bad blood with one of the girls. Um, so it just gets awkward right away. And then uh, your friend is like, 
trying to get everyone to get along and that's not working and then your stepbrother doesn't know any of these people so he feels put off and so there's like instantly off the bat awkward teen drama um so you kind of go explore the island to clear your head your friend gives you a radio and tells you like hey i hear that like this uh uh, what's it called A, a fable or a a rumor about this island is if you uh, tune into certain frequencies, you can hear uh, radio stations that don't exist. So you go to this one cave in the island and you try it out and you can start hearing like you hear like what sounds like radio stations from the 1930s and 40s. Just like old timey. Yeah. Just like that weird. It's not even like swinging like uh bandstand. It's more like kind of those old orchestras that you would hear and like. I don't know, like old, like like Gatsby movies or whatever. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so you hear this this radio station, and then you hear like you start hearing voices, um, and then you go to this one part, and you <laughs> you get to this radio station, and then this giant like triangle appears in the sky, Ooh. um, and then everyone blacks out and appears on, and wakes up on different parts of the island, and so you're like, what the fuck just happened, mm-hmm. um. And so you're tr- you you regroup and you try to figure out like what's going on, what was that, why did we all black out there for a second, um, and then you try to as, as you're looking for people, like things start happening, um, mm-hmm. like some of the teens start like acting possessed, um, a- as you explore parts of the island, you start hearing uh, voices again come through the radio station, you start seeing like what seems like apparitions of your uh, uh, your friends. Uh, around the island um if you look into a mirror your character talks to herself from like a different time period um yeah and so like you're trying to figure out what's going on um and like learn the true history of this island um and also find out uh about this one resident of the island there's only one person who lives on this island it was this old woman um who died like a week before uh you got there Mm-hmm. And so you're trying to find out her history and why she was on that island. Um, and you, it's really cool. Like, the, the dialogue is pretty good. Um, you, the kids are a little uh, verbose. Okay. Um, and But the mystery is, like, genuinely interesting. The way that you can actually tune a real radio and, like, listen through the different channels is cool. Um, cause oh, the, depending on yeah. where you are on the island, you'll, you can pick up different channels. Um, and it's all sorts of things. You'll hear like Morse code on one channel. Mm-hmm. You'll hear like cryptic codes being submitted from like submarines from World War II will be like on another channel. Um, you'll hear a radio station with like old timey announcers. Um, so it's really interesting. It's a really cool dynamic. The, the design of the island is really neat. Uh, visually it's like really pretty and has a nice style um the thing that bugs me about the game is that moving through it is a slog like your character's jogging pace is really slow Mm -hmm. so when you get to a point in the game where you have to start searching for things and you're like all right this is over here on this campsite and i'm over here by the beach um and you realize like okay that's gonna be like a 20 minute jog to get there you know there isn't like fast travel or anything these kids aren't superheroes so uh and I understand why the walking speed is so slow. It's because so much of the dialogue is like an Aaron Sorkin show. Like everyone is talking and walking the whole game. Mm-hmm. Like there's never a period where your characters aren't really talking to each other. Okay. 
And so, and because they're supposed to be reacting to things that they see in the environment, like it wouldn't make sense for a conversation to keep going and then them to talk about a new thing that happened, that something you ran by five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like the pace of your character's uh, walking speed is done almost deliberately. So like they make sure that like you will finish a conversation before you hit the next thing that you talk about. Yeah. They want to make sure that you're not still talking about the, uh, the gift store at the front of the island when you walk by the radio tower that you have a different conversation about. Um, so like that makes the walking speed like really slog. Um, and which is a bummer because like once you are ready to kind of like book it across the island, like you don't have that (laughs) ability. Um, and so like the, the thing that bums me out is that when you finish this game, um, it does a really cool thing to incentivize you to play the game again. Um, It's like one of the best, I think, examples of like how to present a new game plus in a game that I've ever seen. Like I'm really intrigued to play this game again and possibly a third or fourth time, depending on how the second playthrough goes. Does it Um, have like another thread or what? um, So basically like, Without spoiling too much, the thing the thing about this game is that it's about uh, your characters getting stuck in a time anomaly. Okay. Um, and so you think that you solve the anomaly um, by the end of the first playthrough, and then you realize pretty like almost at the, almost like a stinger at the end of the game, like oh, you didn't solve the time anomaly at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that that was just going to be like the game going like okay you, you didn't solve it like and then they would just roll the credits but then when you if you start up a new game which the game incentivizes it tells you like directly like play this again um yeah. you start realizing that like the the whole game is different like from Ooh. the beginning they don't restart the events like um well in a way they do because it's a time anomaly yeah. um but like things that weren't in the in the opening hours are, are being like it very quickly like let it, it you know the game knows that you beat it yeah and so it's not like trying to deceive you about what it's about anymore okay so like when you start the game you immediately you start to see like discrepancies and and things repeating and um so like i think there actually is a a real way to solve it um which i think the game is trying to tell you like play this again try to do it the right way this time Mm -hmm. like make because there's a lot of branching paths and stuff like that and and different dialogue choices you can make um, and different like ways you can interact with your friends mm-hmm. um so i think there is a deliberate like right path to fix the time anomaly but like cool. it's such a slog <laughs> i just yeah. don't want to do it again like i don't want to like a, a, a few weeks have passed so I'm, maybe i'll jump back into it mm-hmm. um but yeah if it wasn't for the momentum or just the movement in that game like i would say like that's pr- one of my favorite uh adventure games i've played in a while oh, wow, that's cool. it's really like, good like the story is really well done yeah i had bought it on hannah's switch whenever she first got it and um i don't even think she's opened it yet uh she said it looked interesting and it seemed like she wanted to play it but she's been just sucked into minecraft she's never actually played minecraft so <laughs> i expect do it. her to to be uh playing that for a little while yeah she was interested in playing Mario, so I might let her borrow. That's Mario. good too. Um, I'm still like curious if 
If because uh, what wasn't the the news that the like if you put your switch cartridge in somebody else's switch, it would delete your saves. I think so. Yeah. I think if you uh, if it doesn't register which that you which switch it's on, it'll mm. uh, yeah, it'll reset the the saves on the on the cartridge. Rad. No, it's a real cool system. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Because I was, I was like, uh, I'm not really done with Mario, but maybe you can try it. I was like, I want to make sure that, that I'm remembering this right, and hopefully I don't destroy my saves. Um, yeah, so I guess I have to finish Mario and then let her borrow that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. Like, I was going to ask what the gameplay was, but you said it's a slog. It, it, it um, is it's an adventure game it's literally like clicking on things and your characters looking at them and interacting okay. with them um the only mechanic outside of the adventure elements are uh the ability to tune your radio to whatever station you want mm-hmm. um again it's a it's a really neat thing like it's it's a really cool idea for an adventure game How um, long i just it? it's not short it took me like eight hours or so oh yeah like um Maybe a little less, but it's uh, it, it's just over the course of one night. Mm-hmm. Um, Are they voiced? Oh yeah, it's fully voiced, and your oh, char- okay. the characters talk a lot. There's so much talking in the game. Like if you don't like any of these characters, um, then I could see this game being like a real pain. Yeah, because you can't like skip their. I yeah, I don't think you can skip their dialogue. Um, you just listen to them talk the whole time. I, I like the voice acting a lot. I found the characters endearing, um, mm-hmm. but I can see people not being into it. Who made that? I'm not sure. Because um, I remember when it came out, like it seemed like everybody was really hot on it, and uh, um, I was curious the next game was... they're making sounds rad. Okay. Um, let's see. It's made by uh, Night School Studio. Okay. Was that and, their first game? Do you? Um, they were founded in 2014, so I'm going to assume that Oxenfree is their first yeah. game. Yeah. Um, okay. Although they seem to have another game based on the show Mr. Robot. Oh. Um, they're making a new game um, where you and a friend uh, go drinking. Okay. And then uh, you both die and go to hell. And then the 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 devil challenges you to a drinking contest uh to get your life back yeah um i think that's all i've heard about it um yeah the the, the headline here is oxen uh, oxen free teams next game is about college kids getting drunk with satan um it's called after party cool that um, sounds awesome yeah like after playing this, I'm actually really excited to see what this is. Huh. What else have you been playing? Uh, I'm just going to run down the, the, the quick list of okay. some of these. Um, Fallout 4, I started back up. I wanted to do a new character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd got about 30 hours into Fallout 4 um, mm-hmm. before kind of dropping off. And like I, I remember kind of liking my time with it. I don't remember a whole lot of my time. Um. I remember, like, I really enjoyed the the visuals of, of Fallout Four. It was nice, kind of walking around in an, in a uh, updated wasteland because I had played quite a bit of Fallout Three in New Vegas. Um, so it was kind of cool just to see that realized, uh, like in a in a modern way. 
But whenever I started a new character and got about like three or four hours in, um, I realized that it wouldn't let me save. So all of that progress was like gone and Mm -hmm. uh, I had to re-download it. Which also, this school's Wi-Fi, dude, it's freaking fast. Yeah. (laughs) Which is awesome. I downloaded all of Fallout 4 in about 20 minutes. Um, Awesome. It was pretty rad. I also realized that I put Zelda Wildlands on here. Um, I've been taking a lot of medicine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I started to try to get all the the DLC stuff for for Zelda. Um, I also was like, okay, I think it's about time that I go check out this Eventide Island um, that I've heard so much about. And I went there, and I can't freaking kill that Hinox, so I decided that I will I will return at some point. Um, I don't know. The way they were talking about on it. On, huh? You just drop shit on it. Yeah. Yeah, well, the way that they were talking about it on the Bombcast made it sound like it was some revelatory thing um maybe that's like do you get something awesome for finishing that no it's just a neat challenge it's just a hey here's uh here's an island that has you know use your wits basically okay yeah to survive you can't use your items yeah it was a cool like idea i I didn't think it was like one of the best (laughs) like they were fighting for it for best moment and i was like ah some other stuff it's um, pretty cool like i i think it's yeah. a neat thing to add um, yeah uh yeah it, i felt the same way like it's it's a cool thing that you can do in that game mm-hmm. um i don't think it was game changing yeah um i also opened up a minecraft server for me and some of my friends and you and rob if you want to join mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's just it's it's up and there if you decide that you want to try it out. Um, I also played a, some Hitman with mm-hmm. Hannah. Me and Hannah sat down and we were like, all right, let's uh, let's play this. Or It was more just she wanted me to play and she wanted to check it out. And uh, she was kind of just helping me out. And it's really awesome how you can just kind of stand in the corner of a room where nobody is like directly staring at you and shoot the like the target in the head or throw a, a screwdriver at the target and just run out of that room like oh uh, that was that was real terrible i'm gonna get mm-hmm. out of here um because that's basically how i did that colorado level and it was pretty awesome um i mean that's like that game in a nutshell it really is yeah like, I, I don't like hitman like if i'm being honest like uh-huh. i think it's janky as fuck like <laughs> and i think that its world doesn't it it doesn't work without being janky because like if those ai had any fucking like intelligence at all they would immediately like catch you and shoot you or arrest you the whole idea that you can like throw a brick at a person at like point blank range and then like two security officers in the like corners of the room look at you and they're like what's going on over there oh hello and then, like, yeah. walk over to you. They're like, hey, what are you up to? There's, like, a body on the floor. You're holding a brick. And they're like, hey, wait, wait, what's that? Investigating. And yeah. he's like, oh, fucking put two and two together. I killed this guy. Like, <laughs> it, it's so janky. It's not It's not just janky as far as AI. Like, it feels janky to play. Yeah. Like, the way you lock into and out of cover is janky. 
the way you kill people is janky like there's so much jank in those games i don't find them enjoyable yeah like i I find i find the idea of stalking your prey and like setting up the perfect kill and manipulating the environment in a way that can make it seem like you had nothing to do with it Mm -hmm. like that stuff's enjoyable yeah like the second a combat scenario happens it sucks yeah um and the ai is still bad in a way that i think it's even like not as it it, it feels worse than like old hitman games mm-hmm. like they made this one a lot more sandboxy yeah um, and i feel like the ai took a hit um for it um yeah i think where i find like pleasure in this one is with like entering those levels and seeing just how many people are like crowding the entire area and going yeah. oh how am i even going to approach yeah. this no um, for sure that stuff is cool yeah and like the gratification of just finally getting that target and like after like those levels don't take like 10 minutes it's it's usually like an hour and a half before you get through the right. entire level if you do it right and like you you're really trying to cover your uh, your tail and everything Mm-hmm. Um, it, it takes a while and it's super, it feels great, but I, I definitely see where you're coming from. It does, um, it does get janky at times. It's yeah. Like, I, I, I like planning. I, I can't, I won't deny like the interlocking mechanisms of these games are mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, and the fact there are like 40 ways to take down any one target and that they have such a, you know, a big, uh, cycle, basically like a big, uh, routine. Yeah. Um, so you can kill like your target in so many different ways depending on where they go for the day. Yeah. Um, you know, to the you know, like the 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 variety of levels. Like, there's a lot of stuff in Hitman that's really cool. I think the actual just the act of killing is not good in that game. Like, yeah. Um, the planning stuff is the best stuff. Mm-hmm. Like looking around, thinking like I can do this, I can do that, but then actually executing on that. Because some yeah. stuff should be really simple. It's like you're a professional assassin. It should not be like, it it should not be that hard to be like, I'm going to shoot that guy and then I'm going to shoot that guy. Yeah. But it like, a... then, you, then you try to do it and you fucking shoot one guy and then miss the other or <laughs> like, it's just so bad. Like, yeah, they did a really good job of making uh, 47 feel like a, like, I don't even know sloppy <laughs> just like that, yeah it feels feel super sloppy, sloppy. it does yeah. not feel like you know a lot of those missions should be pretty simple like yeah i'm gonna drop this thing on this guy and walk out you're like but then you like mcgruber or something of assassination i don't know if it's just like the controls or if i'm just didn't play enough of it to get used to them but like mm-hmm. it always felt like i was not doing what i wanted to do like no don't run that way run this way no don't hop mm-hmm. over that thing just damn it st- get down yeah no don't crouch i damn it like it, it the whole time i was just fighting with it um yeah and after a while i was like i'm okay with i, I didn't play the game past uh sapienza oh, okay um which everyone's like yeah that's the best level i'm like if this yeah. is the best level i'm not gonna finish this game <laughs> yeah the, the later stuff isn't super enjoyable yeah um but i also played uh, a bunch of doom arcade mode right <laughs> i was just like I want to play Doom because this is my time. We're on my time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I played quite a bit of Doom over the over the break. Um, I also sat down and played the beginner gu- uh, beginner's guide with Hannah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was saying a few weeks ago that I kind of wanted to play through it again, 
And yeah, I still really like it. Has it been confirmed that this is a non-fictional story or a fictional story? Uh, I never really looked into it. I just assumed it was uh, real. Yeah, me too. Like, I have always assumed that it was real. And like Hannah was saying, oh, they did a really good job of making that sound sound real. And I said, well, I think it is. But I remember looking it up before and not really being able to find a like a concrete answer. Um, just a bunch of interpret like interpretations of how Coda is actually um, I forget the guy's name, but it, it's actually the the guy who made it. Like he's referring to his his will to make more games and everything. Yeah, I think that part is clear yeah. that he's um, talking about himself. But yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, I, I like I I looked it up again and I still can't find out like nowhere does it really say if it's well, I, I don't know. Like if it is about that then like it, it's as real as you'll yeah. Uh but we played through that. Like she was she was very uh intrigued by it and mm-hmm. found it very interesting. Um and also I played some division. Not as much as I I was hoping cuz I'm enjoying that game far more than I thought I would. Um, again, they wear their guns on their backs, and they have backpacks. <laughs> Good backpacks. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, that game's pretty cool. Um, you want to talk about Danganronpa V3? Oh, boy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so one of the things I missed out on playing last year uh, was Danganronpa V3, um, just because I heard it was super long, and I didn't really have the time to sink into it. Um so it was on sale, and I got it over the weekend. Um, and it might be the worst Danganronpa. It is the worst Danganronpa. Um, and I think overall it's just a pretty bad game. Um, mm-hmm. Just I, I really like the first Danganronpa game. I think that's a game that everyone should experience. Um, the uh, second one was pretty disappointing with the twist it has at the end. And the third one, everyone's like, no, this one's the best one. It makes good on all the promises of Danganronpa. And I heard that the ending was super polarizing. Mm -hmm. Um, So a quick walk down Danganronpa lore. Uh, It centers around, all three games center around a killing game. So it's essentially pits uh, 16 students who are called ultimates. Um, Basically, they are like students who are very proficient at one thing um and the first game you uh ultimates like go to sc- they go to this school um it's like the school is beginning um and then they are trapped in the school and they're told uh okay we're going to play a killing game and the way it works is uh if you want to escape from the school um you have to kill someone and then we have a we hold a trial and if you are not found out, you are able to leave. Um, if you are found out, you are executed. Um, and if you leave the school, if you uh, if you commit a, a murder and leave, um, no one finds you. Uh, everyone else is executed. Um, okay. And so basically, like, and they're and in the first game, they're like, you have to play this game. You can't leave otherwise. You are free to live at the school for the rest of your life if you don't want to do any killings. <laughs> Um, but, um, they start giving the students incentives. So they'll send them a video of like their family, 
um, and the you won't like the student will, it'll look like the family is in danger or something. Um, so the, they'll give the students more and more motives to try to get them to kill each other. Um, and then by the end of the first game, um, it's kind of revealed that one of the students in the killing game is actually the mastermind behind it. Um, she is responsible for like basically starting up this terrorist group that was uh that is trying to sow dissent in society and get people to just like wantonly kill each other um like her ultimate power to reveal she's she's revealed as she when she when you meet her you think she's the ultimate fashionista but it's revealed that she's actually the ultimate despair and your main character the character you're playing as who does not remember his power um he remembers he's like i'm actually the ultimate hope and so he's like the one who leads the kids out of that uh, academy mm-hmm. um, after finding out the mastermind and after a series of grisly murders. Um, and then you find out there's this whole like meta story about this this wor- world domination like terrorist group trying to spread despair. And then your guy tries to your your kids that escaped the first game create this academy that's like or this organization that's supposed to spread hope throughout the world. Um, so it's, it's really goofy anime thing. Yeah. Um, but it's neat. It's a, the, the way the trials work out, the way like the, uh, investigations go, like the, the twists and turns throughout the, the game, the first game are like really cool. Um, it's really interesting to like see a murder and like work out how it was conducted. And like, it's really creative, like unlike, you know, agent 47's murders, um, <laughs> these kids like really make some creative ass murders to pin the blame on someone else or uh, to not to take suspicion off themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that first game is like really solid. It's a, it's a con- concise, like good individual package. And then they made a sequel for it, um, which basically repeats the events of the first game. Um, but you're on an Island instead of a school. Ooh. Um, and this revealed at the end of the second game that it was actually a computer simulation um, that was meant to reform the kids who were playing it from being like, uh, old, they, they were basically like the, the opposites of the ultimate students. They were like really bad, um, like morally bad, not bad at their powers. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and then, so I was like, that's kind of a dumb twist. And like, it was getting even more convoluted. And so the third game, I was like, how are they going to make good on like where the second one went? Um, again, it's the same thing. I'll say it's kids in an academy and they're killing each other. Um, and then at the end of the game, like you, you it, it's, it seems like the twist of the game is that you are actually on a, basically the earth got destroyed, um, okay. both by a combination of the, of the ultimate despair terrorist group, like b- destroying the world with a combination of a meteor shower that also right. destroyed part of the world. And so the twist is supposed to be that you're actually on a a space shuttle that is going to go colonize another planet. Um, And the idea being that, like, all the students on the shuttle were supposed to be, like, the best of humanity. Always Um, students. It's always students, which is also the weird thing. It's just, like, this is supposed to be the rest of humanity. It's 16 kids. Yeah. And you're, like, this is who you wanted to, like, save. Like, you didn't think of bringing anyone else. Um. But it turns out that's not the actual twist. The actual okay. twist is that the Danganronpa series 
So this is revealed in the most clumsy, weird way. But one okay. of the one of the students in Danganronpa three is a cosplayer, and uh, you think that would be a good ultimate ability to have because she can disguise herself as other people. Yeah. But she reveals very early on that if she tries to dress up like a, a real person, she'll get sick. She can only dress up as fictional characters. Okay. Um, and so at the end of the game, you think that Junko, who is the antagonist of the first game, is back. She was supposed to have died. Okay. But then it's revealed that she's back. But it's not actually Junko. It is the ultimate cosplayer uh, pretending to be Junko. And then you're like, but wait, Junko was a real person. How is the ultimate cosplayer cosplaying as her without getting sick? And it turns out she's fictional. And you're like, wait, what do you mean she's fictional? Like this whole lore of this series is around these characters. And then like what what, what the reveal is, is that Danganronpa was never real. It was always a fictional thing. Um, It was always, it, it was a television show. Um, that people around the world would watch and apparently the the twist is that society isn't as fucked up as like you've always thought it was it's actually been a utopia the entire series where there is no murder there's no violence but the only outlet people have is to watch this show called Danganronpa where they watch kids kill each other every year um and so the kids are like they're they it has such a fervent fan base that people actually elect to go on the show, willingly submit their memories, get to be brainwashed, and then uh, and then go on the show and not know why they're there or what they're doing. They only have fake memories implanted in them that they are these ultimate students. Oh um, and so the twist is that V3, which you think means volume three, it's the third Danganronpa game, the twist is actually that this is season 53 of Danganronpa. This has gone on for 50-some years. Um, and so, like, it, it's... And that's why the Ultimate Cosplayer is able to cosplay as Junko, because these are fake... These have never been real characters. They've always been fictional. At least to the world, they've been fictional. Even mm-hmm. though they've always been actual people. Like, the characters they embody have always been fictional. Yeah. And so the way that, like, the, your characters break out of this cycle of Danganronpa is to stop playing the game like like literally they stop decide like they they because the the game has always been about like we need hope to overcome despair and that's how we win and then your main character in this game is like no hope is the reason that despair is uh, still around like we can't choose hope because that just gets people all excited and it makes Mm -hmm. them feel good and then they want another Danganronpa game so it it becomes this meta thing where the game is a commentary about itself. Oh my and it's God. like it it's like you shouldn't feel good about playing a game or in this case watching a series where kids are killing themselves just because at the end everyone bands together and has hope to kill, to go on. Um and so at the end of the game like the kids just stop playing the game. Like they don't they don't vote for anyone to get they just uh, sit down. <laughs> they pretty much they just like they just shut their mouths and they don't uh, go on the side of hope or despair at all. And then there is a meta character that is the audience that basically like sides with them or whatever. And just like, so basically they break the cycle of Danganronpa. Um, they get the TV it, show canceled. Pretty much. It's just like <laughs> they, they canceled the TV show Danganronpa. Um, cool. It's so fucking dumb. Like it, it was like, it's such a cop out way. And it's like the thing too is like 
the the events of the game leading up to that reveal almost mm-hmm. have n- near nothing to do with it. It was almost like they didn't know how to end this game, so they're like, "Why don't we just say this is a TV show and uh, call it a day, and then like cancel the Danganronpa show?" Um, it sucks because like in the first game, like it was in a way a TV show, like your characters were being filmed, but like the the reveal was that your the killing game was being broadcast to the world to spread despair. Yeah, the idea was like we're gonna show everyone in the world this game, or like the brightest students are killing each other so we can spread despair. And I was like, okay, that's a cool thing. Um, but in this one, it's like, no, this is actually just a TV show that people watch and for some reason elect to go on, even though they see every year how horrible it is. Great. Um, it's a real bad ending. It's real dumb. Yeah, it like, sounds like a, a big wet fart. <laughs> it was just like, man, it's... I, I like. I, I watched that. I was just like, man, this is a real big cop out. It, it, it felt like the developers saying like, we're done with this series. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the other game that Spike uh, Chunsoft makes is uh, the uh, the nonary game series, like 999 um, Virtue's Last Reward. Yeah. Like those games. And those games have just as convoluted of plots, but they actually like stuck the landing. Is that the zero time dilemma ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was going to ask about those because they're like similar in uh, concept, I think. Sounds like uh, it. Kind, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, they are. They, it's basically about uh, they have to work together um, to escape. More time stuff. Yeah, but with like a lot, there's like time anomalies in that series too. Okay. Um, there's a lot of convoluted shit in the <laughs> Zero Time Dilemma games. Yeah. But I think those games work way better. Like, the twists in those games are... It's a bunch of pseudoscience, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's interesting. It's, it's like, really fascinating to see how these people piece together where they are and why they are where they are. The, the twist of the, at the end of the first game is, like, one of my favorite twists in gaming. Um, oh. It's just really neat. Um, as, as, like, pseudoscience-y as it is and kind of dumb, Yeah. Um, I think it's a really cool reveal. Um, it leaves you feeling good. Which is like not what the Danganronpa games do. Yeah. Um, even though like the second and third Zero Time games mm-hmm. are like really dark as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to finish the third one. I haven't gotten to the end of that. I'm actually curious to see how that one ends. But um, yeah, the, the, that series is. If you're looking for an adventure series to play, the Zero Time Dilemma games are where you want to be. Like, or play the first Danganronpa. Yeah. And just call it a day. <laughs> um. Like, I think that game is, is good. I still think it has the best characters in the series. Um, and th- here's the other thing, too. Like, I, I almost glossed right over this. Uh, the writing in Danganronpa 3 is fucking trash. It yeah. is so bad. Like, um, it has some of the most grating characters ever. Like, regularly, like, re- regularly, the, the kids in the academy, uh, make fun of this one girl who's like a little uh she's kind of over sexualized um and she is uh very brash like she just is constantly cursing and calling people like like soft dick or whatever yeah. like just really uh, just uh, <laughs> just like really crass <laughs> it's just filthy like yeah um and it, it it's very uh it's very off-putting, but then like 
like literally like i don't know how many times in the game they call her a cum dumpster oh gosh and i'm just like what the fuck like this is so bad yeah like it's like the way these people are written and then there are these like so the game the games have always been kind of uh the mascot of the Danganronpa games and also the headmaster of the academy has always been this little bear called yeah. Monokuma. Um, and in the first game, Monokuma was fine. It's just like, oh, there's this this eccentric bear who seems to love murder and loves despair and like kind of this gleeful character that like adds a little bit of levity to this game. Mm-hmm. And in the second game, they gave Monokuma a partner um, and she was kind of annoying and like just kind of distracted in the third one they have they give monokuma five kids and so every time like these and these kids are the ones that are running the game so instead of having just one character kind of be the heel you have five different kids they all suck they're all so annoying and are constantly just like shouting nonsense and like it just pads this game with so much crap yeah like i'm just i'm just listening i'm just like just finish like i don't care like the interesting parts of this game are like solving these murders it's not trying to piece together how they happened because there's some crazy shit there's like one of the murders in the game is like you hold a seance and so like for the seance to work you have to like put a person under this iron cage and drape it with a blanket and put like this heavy ass statue on it and then the girl gets killed during the seance and every you know the mystery is like how did you kill someone who was literally under an iron cage with a tarp over her and a statue on it like in five seconds like how is it that someone was able to get to that girl and kill her when she was covered with all this shit yeah um you know without like you know puncturing the like uh, the the the, uh, sheet or anything um and it's this whole elaborate thing of like oh they cut down one of the boards under the under the floor and then they used it as a seesaw mechanism and they hit a blade in the statue so that when they stomped on the wooden uh the floorboard uh it lifted the girl and her her neck got caught on the blade that was hidden with the statue like it's this whole thing um that's really like fun to piece together and then the class trials themselves are fun because like i don't know if you've ever seen this game in motion but it's madness it's literally like the people's testimonies fly out of their mouths and you have a gun (laughs) And you have to shoot down which testimonies you think are false. Great. Um, so, like, it's a really cool aesthetic. Um, but, like, th- and that stuff is still fun to do. But it's just padded in, like, awful writing, a kind of meandering story um, that sets up some really cool mysteries that are never delivered on because they decided to go with their fucking TV ending. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I think this is the last Danganronpa game. It seems that way. It seems like the team is ready to move on. Uh, and ultimately, like, the series is a disappointment. Like, I like the first game. I think everyone should play that one. And then just write off the other two. The other two are not good games. Yeah. They are just... I've always been interested in them. Like, they're... Uh, yeah, uh, it's anime this nonsense. series and mainly uh, Zero Time Dilemma. Um, there's Zero a... Time Dilemma is a solid series. Isn't there, like, an iOS port of all three of the games? I think there might be. Um, I don't know. I would say there's definitely like a remake of the first one because that was a DS game. Okay. Where I think they added like new textures and maybe uh, way more voiceover. Yeah. Um, 
whatever, whatever the more modern version of the game you can find, just play that one. I think they're all on Steam. Okay. Um, yeah, Zero Time Dilemma rules. Like that is a good series. Um, Danganronpa. I thought it was just. I thought the middle uh, the middle chapter was just going to be kind of like, all right, that wasn't unsatisfying, but they'll wrap it up in the third one, and they didn't do shit with it. They didn't. <laughs> they barely mentioned the events of the second game. Like I thought, like old characters were going to come back and be relevant, and I thought like they were going to kind of give a reason why uh, the things in two happened, and they they it's almost like that game didn't exist. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just really disappointing. Like. I would, if I played that last year, it might have topped Persona in biggest disappointment. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Um, I played a game called Crawl. Okay. Have you heard of this? Uh, maybe. It's been out on it, Steam for a while. Um, it was in if early I remember access correctly, for... it's like not that great. Uh, it was all right. Okay. Um, Tell me about Crawl. So Crawl is a, it's a four player game. It's a four player local um multiplayer game and it's it was in early access for a really long time and then it came out uh last year uh, it came out of early access last year and i had bought it while it was in early access for probably like two bucks i don't know it's, it's really cheap and um i was always kind of interested in it because the concept is uh, one person plays the game while the other three people are trying to stop them and uh, and kill the player and and so it's a as you might uh pull from the title it's a it's a roguelike or no no it's not really it's more of a, just a regular dungeon crawler um but again like you one person is actually playing the game while the other three are kind of embodying the enemies so me and Hannah played this and it works pretty well because um, mm-hmm. the other three players kind of fly around as ghosts, and every time the the actual like adventurer goes into a new room, there are things like pots, there there are like flamethrowers, and there are like uh, these monster pentagons on the floor that will like the flamethrower. You can become it and have like different directions of of flame to throw. And uh, if you b- become a pot, you can kind of aim it and it'll like launch the pot. And if you become the monster, you have, I think there are four options of, um, and I think it randomly picks what monster you become, but there are four options. And whenever you get to the end of a, of a level, um, there's a, like a really short upgrade period where you can upgrade what monster you can become as the, as the uh, ghost. And like, I think that's done really well. It's like super fast. Um, like you can upgrade whatever monster you want, like a half a second and then go on to the next level. But I thought it was pretty cool. Like it is kind of, uh, stressful because like as the adventurer, you're trying to hit level 10, uh, you're like leveling up as you kill the other players. And once you hit level 10, you can go into a, um, it's like a shrine and then that'll be the, the boss of the dungeon. And like as you're going through, you're you're hitting sh- item shops and upgrading your uh, like equipment and uh, gaining new abilities and all that, and um, like to help you help uh, your survivability uh, against the other players and stuff. And like at first, it kind of felt like you couldn't really help not being attacked. Like it, it felt like you had no real defense or way to 
uh, avoid being hit, but uh, as you go on, you get more abilities. Like, you have a dodge, but it's not super amazing. Like, you really get better at um, using the different weapons that you can find and also finding ways around being hit. Um, but overall, dude, it's, like, it's really cool. Like, it has a really cool style. Um, it's a little messy, maybe. Like, the pixel art isn't very... It's it's very uh, grimy, I would say. It's it's a lot of like darker colors, um, but it, it was a lot of fun. Just me and Hannah playing. It was uh, two other NPCs or um, computers playing as the, the other two players, and um, it, it's a lot of fun because I can see having four people and it just being like, all right, we're all ganging up on on Tommy this time, and then like Tommy dies, it's like, all right, well, well now we got to kill Jake or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think it's like only $5 regular on steam. Um, I don't know that it would have been super great. I like, I don't know if I would buy it now, honestly. Um, like if I saw it, but cause, cause there's like not a lot of buzz around it. And I don't think, I don't think there ever really was. Um, especially since it's a, it's a local, multiplayer game on pc like i don't think it's actually anywhere else um does it not have online i don't think so um i think that would maybe take away from it and also there like it's i feel like when you're the adventurer if you had any latency it would really suck because it's sometimes it's really hard to dodge some of the some of the uh, attacks and i it would be very aggravating but i don't remember seeing a multiplayer it was just like play, and then everybody uh, hits A on their controller, and then you kind of go. Um, Does it have much depth? Like, if it was, if the if it took out the uh, the uh, multiplayer mechanic, and it was just a roguelike or a dungeon crawler, I don't think it would work. Like, it wouldn't be. It would just be a rote one of those. Yeah, it would be a super rote one of those. Like, because it, it literally is just like go to the next room, kill everything. Go to the next room, kill everything. Go to the shop, grab new items. All right, now I'm gonna attempt the 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 uh, the boss again. Because mm-hmm. I think you, I think in total everybody gets three tries at the boss. Um, so like if you die, you just pop back out into the dungeon. Um, and yeah, if it wasn't a, a local multiplayer thing, it would be super boring. Um, but it's a lot of fun just trying to kill whoever the adventurer is. Um, also I should have grouped Superfly in with those other games that I went through really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superfly's rad. I bought it for you guys too. Yeah. It has a, a lot of fun. It feels cool. Yeah. It actually has like, a, like, it sounds like you are falling. Yeah. Like the wind is very convincing and it has a really neat feel on, uh, it's really hard. Yeah. Something, um, like, I, I haven't played gotten it very like, far. I played it for like two hours uh, while Hannah was playing Minecraft, and it feels super cool whenever you go into one of those portals. Especially, like, I feel like they put those portals right in front of a wall, so it's like if you miss it, you're just gonna slam into the wall. And like, I feel like Harry Potter or something, just like going to a new level, like right before I hit this wall, and like, like, oh, this one's cool, and then like flying through for ten seconds, and then going to the next one, it's like, oh, this one's cool. Yeah, um, I think it's really gratifying to fly through like a crevice, yeah, and like not run into the wall. Um, 
granted, like, nine out of ten times, you will write into the wall. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think the only problem I had with it is, like, I don't think that the, the generation really uh, is smart enough uh, to make sure that you have a way out of, like, all the areas. It feels like, there's like yeah. There's, a, a through way. The thing, that's, um, the thing so that, like, like, struck me is, like, even at the very beginning... Like, they would be cool if that game kind of ramped up to a point where, yeah. like, you really had to thread the needle through those crevices. Mm-hmm. But even at the very start of it, it's just like, oh, almost all of these crevices are way thin. And mm-hmm. uh, and also, like, it's a lot of it is just faith. A lot of it is just, yeah. like, fly into this crevice. I hope I get out the other side. Yeah. Because, like... You have no idea. Like, there's no way to tell if it it's a complete crevice or if you have to turn left or right. Like, you almost have yeah. to go into them at an angle already um, to not hit a wall because of the momentum. Like, so as far as, yeah, I think that's what kept it from, like, for me being, like, addictive. Yeah. It was something where, kind of like the game, uh, it reminds me of Race the Sun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where, like, Race the Sun has, like, a, a buildup and a ramp to its more difficult stuff mm-hmm. whereas this game was just kind of like i don't know just fly around yeah um but it's it was still cool it was f- it's a cool uh yeah it was still pretty yeah. fun to play and i think it's only like three dollars or something mm-hmm. uh so i mean there's that but um yeah i just found myself like going sometimes i'd get a little bit more uh, uh i'd get some gumption and i'd go into the middle of of the like towers that it generates and just being like oh well there's just no way out of here mm-hmm. like there's no through way like so it just led to me kind of kind of uh just staying to the outside of of all those uh maps and that was kind of a bummer mm-hmm. but it's still like the sense of speed in that game is real like you go fast um which i really like yeah. um what else have you been playing um so i Finished Uncharted Lost Legacy. How was that? Uh, it's, well, it's living up to the legacy of the Uncharted series and being a series of games that endlessly frustrate me. Um, so, I, I don't know. Every Uncharted game, I just get like fooled into thinking this one will be different. And they all, they're all the same game. Like, I'm five Uncharted games in right now under my belt. I can say with confidence that these are all the same game. Um, they have the same problems they've had since the first one. Like, I'll I'll speak on to stuff I liked about this game before I tear into it a little bit. Um, okay. Things immediately off the bat that I like is that Nathan Drake is nowhere to be found. Um, <laughs> which is great, because that fucking chuckle fuck throughout those four games, like... That cum dumpster. No, I, I would never call anyone that. Um, <laughs> he's just like grinning his way as he destroys fucking these beautiful ancient <laughs> ruins um, just so he can get some stupid MacGuffin because he feels like he has some fucking destiny because he shares a last name with Sir Francis Drake. Um, and then uh, isn't it revealed that he's not related to them at all? Um, Is that not a reveal in four? I don't. I haven't played any of them. Okay, I think it's revealed in one of them. I might be misremembering that he's actually not related to Sir Francis Drake. Even if you are related to Sir Francis Drake, that doesn't give you the right 
to be like, oh no, I can go to any civilization I want and take their shit. Um, but like, whatever. I mean, he's a thief. Like that's his job. Um, yeah. But it was really cool that like Drake was in the character. The thing is, they they make you play as Chloe and uh, Nadine, but more specifically, you control Chloe the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. Nadine was not fleshed out enough in Uncharted Four for me to really feel excited about having her um she's definitely like the most grounded character maybe in the series like she's very no nonsense like business minded like has a an an arc that i can uh sympathize with Mm -hmm. so um you know i don't think she's super memorable but she's not offensive like i like nadine just fine um yeah and chloe i think is a little smug for my tastes She's just always like, I don't know. She feels almost like a caricature, like calling everyone hun. Um, and like, I, I barely remember like her arc in the second game at all. Um, so mm-hmm. they try to flesh out her backstory a little bit more and like make this a personal story about her father, who was an archaeologist who went missing in India looking for something. And this is about her basically going through the same motions her father did. Um, it was okay. Like, these games are well acted enough that like you just buy them. You're like, okay, cool. But, um, so ultimately like I like these characters more than Nathan and, uh, Sully, but I, overall, like they're, they're very generic, uh, characters. They're not like, they don't, they don't really have the depth to make me want to know more about them. Um, try as they might have in four to really give all those characters a lot of depth. Like, you know, outside of maybe like Elena, like I just really mm-hmm. never felt anything for these characters. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Um, but, and then the game itself, like it takes place entirely in India. Um, and it, it's very like, it's the first game that actually kind of has no linear structure. It is like an open yeah. world where you can kind of choose uh, what uh, temple or challenge you want to do next. Um, I mean, ultimately you have to do a certain amount of them to unlock yeah. this door that leads you to the linear area of the game. Um, so it's not like do some tomb writing. Yeah. Like it's, it's open world, but it's not really like you're affecting anything. You just kind of have the option to go wherever you want. Um, it's, it's still impressive. It's like the way the world kind of flows together is really nice. Um, it's definitely like a convincing environment. Um, it's very beautiful. Like these these games are stunning in a way that like even after playing so many of them, I've still like kind of just gawk at what I'm looking at and just like marvel at like the geometry of it all. And uh, and I mean that's why I wanted to like this series. Like well, that's why I keep giving it chances. Is every yeah. time I play this game, I'm like I just want this to be a game where I explore a beautiful place and look at some neat ass like tombs and like maybe learn a thing or two. And if like these characters have to like chuckle fuck their way through it, like that's fine. Um, like I would love this series if it didn't have combat, which is always been miserable and they've never improved it. Like it's always been bad. I remember from the first game on just thinking like this never feels good to play. Um, and it's almost like they are, blind and deaf to 
uh, like 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 willingly to the um, criticisms of the series. Like the shooting has always felt bad. It doesn't feel good to take cover in the series. It does not feel good to like line up your sights. Um, it does not feel satisfying to shoot anything like because you can shoot a dude yeah. like point blank in the face and he will just kind of like shake it off and run behind cover again. Um, like everything is so inaccurate in a way that almost feels deliberate. Like they want to give it more of a Hollywood feel so they don't want to make you super good at shooting or something. Um, which is like, fine, you can do that, but don't make the reticle such that makes me think that I lined up that shot perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. and then missed all my shots. Like, um, also, yeah, like the, the enemies have always been bullet spongy. Um, they all have hive mind AI. So like you get seen by one and then 40 guys are shooting you. Um, it, it just like the, the it's over animated in a way that is, it feels so bad. Just like, I want to get behind cover, but like maybe there's someone in my way and just seeing the way like the game tries to compensate for that. Um, everything feels like it happens three seconds after you pulled the trigger. Like it, it's just, it feels so clunky. Um, the hand to hand combat is miserable. It is so, <laughs> there's a, especially because like this game forces you to do it a few times. Yeah. Like, uh, whether it's like, like when you fight the, the final, the bad guy and you actually just have to punch him on the back of this train. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just like, it just feels bad. You press square and then nothing happens. You press square again and then, zo- and, uh, Chloe does her, swing and then the guy just dodges it and then the game gives you a prompt like press circle to dodge attacks and then you press circle and the guy hits you square in the face and you're like oh okay did i not press it on time so like i wait to read it, and then he i see him about to cock his punch so then i press circle and he hits me square in the face and i'm like what the fuck like when do i press so i'm just mashing on circle and then that starts to work mm-hmm. and i'm like okay but this feels awful that like i have to mash this thing um it just the whole game feels bad to play like um, you know, the climbing stuff I'm okay with. I'll take it. Like, I don't care that it, there's no actual danger to the game. This game did the, the, <laughs> you fell off the, the, or your, your handhold broke. And so you slid down the side of the cliff and then caught onto something yeah. else. This game does that maybe 10 times. Like <laughs> it happened so many times in this game where Chloe just broke a handhold and fell and then caught to, caught onto something else. Or mm-hmm. it's just like, it's not even exciting anymore. It's just like, yeah, okay like it's it ultimately like this game just feels like they made more uncharted um it feels like the problem with those games is how much like from the sound of it from the way you're describing it it sounds like there's maybe just too much animation and that's why the gameplay just doesn't feel right yeah it doesn't feel satisfying it feels very the animation always takes priority so like um you know, like you pop out from undercover or, you know, you like you try to advance and then mm-hmm. you like notice that, you know, again, 40 guys locked onto you and are shooting you. So you have to go like, you know, try to find something to find cover behind. But like Chloe has to make sure that she does the step where she realistically steps over the branch and then like yeah. puts her gun to the side and then gets snugly <laughs> behind cover. And I'm just like, it, it's one of those things that was like, I don't care if it doesn't look realistic. Like, yeah. when I press circle to take cover, like, in that second, before my hand, before my thumb even lifts off the, the button, yeah. 
you should be behind cover. It shouldn't be this like two second thing of you yeah. getting into cover where, where the whole time I'm getting shot. There's not like there's it. It'd be another thing, too, if there was a uh, invincibility frames when I press that circle. So at least like yeah. um, I'm not getting taking damage during that. Um, but it's just it's just it's so miserable to play like it's and then it, they need to, yeah it's, they need to do the the transformers thing where it's like the first time they transform is like this 30 second thing of seeing every screw move and everything but after that they just kind of do it real fast maybe like I, it's <laughs> or, or like small changes like don't make me take so much damage like yeah it's really goofy when like a dude with a pistol from 40 feet away is like basically killing me like immediately when i get caught um, you know, the, the stealth stuff from four is back and it's still bad. Like, it's basically like no one can see you in tall grass and it's just like, cool, this stuff again. Good. Um, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. It's just like the system is so dull and like, and again, like the animations for taking a person down are so long that someone's going to catch you doing it. So like the stealth is not like a viable thing. Like eventually you have to get into a shootout and they all feel like terrible uh, mm-hmm. The last areas of this game was a a train, kind of like an homage to the train sequence from two, uh, yeah. but somehow worse. Um, like just just like some really clunky feeling combat, um, and just things that like the you know the game asks you to do things that you've never had to do before. So like in one part, it's like oh you have to jump off the train onto a moving vehicle next to you and kick the guy off, and I'm like all right well. I've never really had a jump in this game, but here we go. And then you jump yeah. and like the weight of the thing like doesn't like like I I jump to account for uh the the speed of the train, thinking like I have to oh. jump here because yeah. if I try to jump exactly where the car is, I'm going to fall behind it. Yeah. Uh, nope, that's not how the game works. You had to just jump oh. onto the car like aiming for the car, and somehow Zoe was gonna. I don't know, her fucking thrusters were going to propel her forward and get onto the car. So I was like, oh, okay, that doesn't make sense, but sure. Um, yeah. And then the game doesn't give you, like, prompts on how to take people out in hand-to-hand combat in certain scenarios. So I'm pressing mm-hmm. the punch button, and I'm punching the guy, but I had to hit triangle to do, like, a finishing move where I slam his head onto the, uh, onto the steering wheel and kick him out of the car. Mm-hmm. But, like, I didn't know that was a choice, like... How the fuck am I supposed to know that? So it's just like punching this guy. And then eventually I just got a game over screen because they like killed me or something. Yeah. Um, just like it. There's like these games suffer so much for their combat. Like I, I don't understand the person who plays these games for their combat. Like the idea that this game has a robust multiplayer offering. I'm like, why? Like these games feel so <sighs> terrible to play. Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, like. It, it it's sad because it's it's one of those things it's just like a swinging pendulum like when it swings back to the exploring part of it the puzzle parts of it uh you know like I, i'm i'm looking at this game like this is a gorgeous game like the detail they have in every fucking fixture of this game like the the temples in this game especially like they're uh-huh. so beautiful and i'm like god damn it like this is a talented ass group making these games and then it swings yeah. right back into a, a bunch of fucking faceless mercenaries flood into the area start shooting you and instantly like all that charm and appeal goes away and it's just like oh actually this sucks shit 
Like this is really bad. Um, yeah. And I don't know how, like that. I, I'll forgive that in the first game, maybe the second game too. But like, I don't know how we've got to the fifth Uncharted game, six technically. Like, uh, yeah. and that stuff has not been remedied, like in any way. Like they have in, in no capacity, have they done anything to fix how shitty this game feels? Like, it's almost like they think it's not a problem because people keep like lauding like perfect scores onto it. No one goes like, hey, this actually feels like shit to play. Um, yeah. And it's just like, man, like even there's even like when Tomb Raider came out and like, you know, Tomb Raider's not great either, but like it did the combat so much better. And like no one in Naughty Dog thought to like look at them and be like, mm, this is actually more fun to play. Like yeah. no one did that. Everyone was just like, no, we're perfect. And like no one thought to say like, maybe like the mercenaries shouldn't take four shots to the face. Like no, they should. They should all take four shots to the face. I was just like, all right, like it's, it's so dumb. It's I don't know. It's like, again, like this. This gets the exact same review that every other Uncharted game gets, which is it is a beautiful game marred by terrible combat. Yeah, the I, I've been wanting to try out Lost Legacy, but try it. I mean, like, try it, and maybe you'll feel differently. Like, like it's like everybody else. (laughs) Like, apparently, yeah. Like, I'm the only. I'm the person in a straight jacket, screaming out the window about Uncharted's awful combat. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it it is. It's a real. It's just a real perplexing thing. The funny thing is whenever like Last of Us was coming out, they were like, Yeah, we purposely made the uh the shooting like not feel great because, you know, these are these are scavengers. They wouldn't be very good at shooting. Is that like is Last of Us worse than Uncharted? I remember not minding I remember actually kind of liking Last of Us. Okay. Because A, the hand to hand stuff was better. Yeah. Um B, you had a competent partner who mm-hmm. basically never missed her shots um whereas in uncharted your partner will like take forever to take down a person i love that in games oh it's the best it's the best watching someone have like their own little mini shootout here on the side yeah. where they don't do shit um but like I, I i remember the combat feeling a little bit more frantic in in mm-hmm. uh in last of us like, I don't know. I just, my memory of Last of Us was not as bad as every Uncharted game. Also, like, there's yeah. just less of it. Like, yeah. in Uncharted, in the Last of Us, there's not that many combat scenarios. The ones there are, there's not, like, a flood of people. Whereas in Uncharted, like, every single bad guy in Uncharted has its own personal army. Like, yeah. it's just, every firefight is just, like, there are 20 people here. Like, how many people did you hire for this fucking expedition? Like... <laughs> I have killed, uh, I, I remember at the end of Uncharted 4, I think I looked at my kill count and it was like, it was like 700 and something. And I'm like, Nathan, you killed 700 people to like, so you can have your own little personal journey where you decided you don't want to be a thief after all. Like that cost 700 lives to you. Like, it's just miserable. Like, um, yeah. So I I don't like... Again, these things like when, you know, when I look at something like uh, Last of Us 2 where everyone's like, man, this is going to be one of the best games of the year. I'm like, is it? Because Naughty Dog, the company that makes bad shooters, is making it like 
So I'm sure it's going to be really neat and harrowing. But I'm sure there's also yeah. going to be moments in that game where I go, fuck this. Like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's my Uncharted. I, I hope this is the fucking nail in the coffin. Like, as far as, uh, not nail in the coffin, but I just hope this is the last game in the series. Because I won't be fooled the sixth. I, I won't be fooled the sixth time. <laughs> Fool me uh, once, shame well, there, on there you. Was those, there was those uh, uh, Vita and PSP games. There's been a lot of Uncharted. <laughs> yeah, I just get, get, throw it away. Like it's makes so much money. These games are all the same, and they also like last thing I'll say: the idea that this mm-hmm. game is better than Uncharted Four, which is what I've heard a lot, heard a lot, lot of people say, is mm-hmm. madness. Like, again, Uncharted 4, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, has miserable combat and has a chuckle fuck protagonist. Um, But there is a variety to the things you do in Uncharted 4 that I really appreciated. You know, whether it's just like Nathan's slice of life stuff where he's going to like, where he's doing his little excavation on the pier, Mm -hmm. um, you know, where he's hanging out with Elena, where they're doing their kind of like Mission Impossible uh auction uh heist um mm-hmm. you know the vehicle segments are neat the uh the, the marketplace chase was really cool um like this almost feels like th- this game feels like the second half of uncharted 4 again like the second half of uncharted 4 takes place mm-hmm. on the same island and it's just all of the usual uncharted trappings Whereas the yeah. first half of Uncharted 4 was like a lot of actual new things that were pretty neat. Um, yeah, this feels like it's just another Uncharted game where you're just in a uh, lush uh, environment. And it's cool, but like, you know, at this point, if you showed me a screenshot of just like the world of an Uncharted game, like I would have trouble telling you like where you were unless there was like a <laughs> cultural indicator of what you were like the area you're in. Yeah. Unless you can actually point to a, a temple and say like, OK, that's a Buddhist temple or that's a uh, I don't know. I can't even remember like the other places we went to in Uncharted. <laughs> um, yeah, that's Uncharted Lost Legacy. Cool. Um I also played Bomber Crew over the break. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard about this game? It's kind of like FTL, I've heard. I've heard that, but a lot of games I've, claim that. I, yeah, I never got really into FTL. I haven't actually played a whole lot of Bomber Crew. I played probably about an hour. Um, it was enough to kind of get out of the um, the tutorial and stuff and start doing the real missions. So... Like, what the premise is here is, like, you have a World War II, uh, like, bombing airplane and everything, and uh, our bomber, and you are, like, sent out on missions, and your entire mission is to go bomb an area and then go back and land at base. And where it gets crazy is as, like, you have a bunch of people running the plane and in order to like make the plane function you have to turn into those people and then have them do their job and then like so it's a lot of managing several people and um like the pilot has to know where to go so you click on the pilot then you like have this little aimer mode and you aim at where they need to go and then it like locks on and then he starts flying that way 
and then he's set for a little bit. Or if like you take damage, you need to turn into the mechanic and make sure that he's going to fix the problems. And then like the gunners, like there are three guns on your on your plane, and you need to make sure that they're like they're in the right spot to shoot whoever is attacking. And then like you need somebody to arm the 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 bombs and like when to drop them and like so it just turns into this uh juggling of different jobs making sure that you are flying the right direction you're you're dropping the bombs at the right time um it's got a really cool style of like um it's like really cartoony uh your guys kind of look like funko pops but not quite as annoying um and uh they all have these weird like uh they talk almost like um what's the oh my gosh um i'm blanking on the the peanuts people the peanuts uh, people the charlie thanksgiving brown. and christmas it's christmas charlie brown charlie brown yeah yeah they talk like charlie brown's uh parents just and the adults in that world yeah that's how like all of the the people in bomber crew talk it's kind of funny um, and you can edit your your airplane in like any way that you want. So mine says uh, Bill Nye Matters across the side, and it has a giant uh, like narwhal that I did. Like it has, you can make your own logos, and it's like it's probably like a I don't know. It's like a thirty two by thirty two pixel art uh, like canvas that you can paint on, <clears throat> and then put that on your airplane. So mine has like pink narwhals all over it um and yeah it's it's kind of cool like it's not um so far it hasn't been as stressful as i imagined uh i can definitely see it ramping up like it, it has ramped up from where it was um and also there's permadeath on your your little guys so I named them all after people I know just to find out who dies first. Cause that's, that's what you do in games like that. Like, uh, sure. XCOM, you just, you name them after people, you know, so that it sucks even more when they die. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's got like a style and, um, it's, yeah, I never played FTL. So if it isn't like FTL, then I couldn't tell you. You said you never, I thought you said you fell off FTL. I played maybe five minutes of it. FTL is like one of my favorite games of all time. Really? Yeah, I think FTL is still probably the best roguelike you can play right now. I should really try to actually get into it. FTL is too much fun. (laughs) FTL has gotten me through a lot of dull work days. Really? Yeah. Is it quick? To do the whole run? Well, like, sure. Like, what is a play session of FTL like? Uh, you can probably you. So basically, you have to get through. You're you're you are a. Uh, there is a rebel like uprising, and you are a Federation ship that basically has to deliver a message to the fleet. Uh, in before the rebels get to it. Um, okay. So there is a you have to go through different systems. Um, and the whole time you can't take your time and like visit every planet or whatever, or every, uh, area of interest because the, uh, Mm -hmm. rebel fleet will eventually catch up to you and, uh, kill you. 
Like if the rebel fleet catches up to you, they send you they send like ridiculously difficult ships um, that will most likely kill you. There is a chance mm-hmm. if you're playing your cards right, you can still escape from those battles. Um, but within uh, an average play session is thirty minutes to an hour. Um, okay, it's not likely that you will die very in the first two systems that you jump to. Like the enemies are just very easy, and it's kind of ramping up the difficulty. Yeah. Um, but there are times where like you can just get fucked like you go into a nebula there's an ion storm all your systems are down and then you fight like a mantis ship and like the mantis the only systems that they need to like survive or to win a battle are their teleporters and they'll teleport uh, a strike crew onto your ship and just kill everyone from the inside and you won't be able to mm-hmm. do anything about it because your doors don't work like uh, every once in a while like something like that will happen um so there's a lot of ways to build uh your ship on the way to the final boss um who who is yeah, super is there difficult like a, a way to min max it i guess you you just have different prior like you can you know prioritize having a crew like i like to play as the mantis cuz mm-hmm. it's really effective to uh to just basically uh commandeer a ship instead mm-hmm. of like shooting at it with lasers and having to bypass like drones that are shooting down your missiles and shields that their ship might have you just teleport into their ship and kill everyone from the inside and then when you do that you get more reward because you didn't scrap the ship yeah because when you blow up a ship you can collect some scrap but ultimately you don't get that much whereas if you just get the Mm -hmm. ship entirely you get more out of it um and also you have a chance of taking a prisoner so it gives you more crew to work with um But then when you get to the last boss, the last boss has so much shit. Like, you have to have basically, like, the perfect run to be able to... Like, I've gotten to the last boss. I can do it pretty easily now. Like, I can pretty much get to the last boss each run. Mm-hmm. But then actually taking down the boss is an entirely different story. Um, yeah. Whereas I've only done that a handful of times. Um, but FTL rules. Like, it's just really satisfying. It has a great soundtrack and... Uh, it's just easy to play. Like it's, there's not much to it. Like, I don't know. Like it's once you play it a few times, you'll get the swing of it. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Star Command? Uh, I mean, yes, but not probably the one you're talking about. Yeah. So the bu- there's one on. Buzz I think it's on iOS Buzz Lightyear. and Android. What was that? Buzz Lightyear reports to Star oh, Command. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's one on iOS and Android. It's made by, it's made by Star Command mm-hmm. LLC, um, and from what I understood, it was a lot like um, FTL, mm-hmm. and it's got a rad art style. Mm-hmm. Like, you should look it up. I, I don't know if it's exactly like it, um, but it, it definitely has like kind of management of crew and everything, and like docking at at places and stuff. Um, it's not. I don't think it's as focused on rogue like um at like that kind of gameplay as much as just kind of going through space um but it seemed to have a similar kind of vibe as ftl there's one on steam um, called star command that might be it i don't know sure. it's like an isometric game yeah 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 this doesn't look like um this looks a lot more involved than ftl maybe <laughs> ftl is very simple like it's yeah. You can automate like half the things that you do, so all you really have to it's okay. It's kinda like have you ever played a space crew? Yeah. It's like space crew, but like a game. 
So like everything like your guns, your shields, your all that stuff like you can automate. Basically, your job is to make sure that you have people where they're supposed to be. Um, you know, so like if someone shoots a missile into your uh, your engine room and like shuts it down and it catches on fire, you have to go like, okay, well, someone needs to put out the fire, fix the hull, and restart the engine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have one engineer in here. That might not be yeah. enough. So who can I get to come help? So I'm like, maybe I don't need the guy on shields right now. So you get the guy on shields to go run to the engine room and help out. Um, or maybe you have a dedicated person just to fix the stuff around. Or you get a drone that will do it um, at the cost of maybe more upgrades on something else. Um, there's a lot of variety. Like, yeah, FTL is just like an immaculately designed game. Yeah, though looking at the star command on Steam, it looks very different from the phone one. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'll have to check out FTL. I've always heard really good things about it. Yeah, FTL rules. Um, what else have you been playing? Uh, I think the last game I'll talk about today um, is none other than Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Ah. Um, the most anime game <laughs> I have played in quite some time. Um, I don't know. I, I think I got into... I, I'm I'm pretty far into the game. I would say I'm th- somewhere between thirty to forty hours. My counter says yeah. fifty five, which I think is incorrect. I think I just left my switch on, um, uh-huh. and did not notice. Um, like maybe I just didn't put it in sleep mode and left it running all night or something. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm finally at a point in the game where like the loop of the of what I'm doing is really satisfying. Um, It's still a very, like, linear RPG. Like, I'm just going from place to place following the story. Um, But now I'm at a point where I can kind of upgrade my blades, um, which, if you remember, blades are the names of essentially the the spirit mediums or whatever that you you summon that fight along with you. Sure, Um, sure. So now I am, like... uh, I have multiple blades that I can kind of switch out in combat. Like, I think that's what finally clicked is that the combat in this game finally makes sense to me um and it's satisfying and i can set up combos and all sorts of things um in a in a way that like feels good to play whereas before i was like not quite sure what i was doing um Mm -hmm. being able to switch out multiple blades um now that i'm getting unique ones is really satisfying like it's just really cool to set up a combo and then switch out a blade and um have them finish a combo um and just see like these giant damage numbers happen like i'm at a point now where like you know when i started the game my characters are doing 70 80 damage a hit and their specials are doing you know 300 damage and then a combo will do a few thousand i'm at a point now where like my combos are doing hundreds of thousands of points of damage um and it's just like really satisfying when that giant number hits on the screen. I'm just like, yes. Um, <laughs> the story is also getting more interesting um, as they introduce like the motives behind a lot of the characters you've met. Um, mm-hmm. The like my characters now are kind of um, they 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 they've kind of like stumbled themselves into like you. In, in the, there's a war that's about to happen and my characters are kind of like in the middle of it um kind of with friends on both sides 
and not quite sure how to advance with that. Um, the game kind of like went on a little side story for my little cute character who uh, found his dad after thinking that his dad had died in a raid, um, wow. which is just like, oh, that's cute. The Nopon characters are like these little fat bunnies. Yeah. Um, so it was just like a nice little diversion, but I was like, what's this have to do with the main story? <laughs> I think they just wanted to give this character a little bit more depth. Um, yeah, it, it's just finally like clicked in a way. It finally uh, also did the thing that I forgot that the original game had. That as soon as it got reintroduced, I was like, oh yeah, that's why that old game was so addictive. Um, it gives you an ability called Foresight. Um, so basically, like when it triggers, you can see the trajectory of your enemy's moves in the next like 10 seconds or so. Um, and this is a real-time game, so you see like basically like the phantom apparition come out of what the enemy is going to do within the next 10 seconds. So essentially all you have to do is like move out of their attacks trajectory and then set up a counter. And so you do that in like this small amount of time and then you let time go back to its normal speed. And it looks really rad to see your character just basically like fly out of the way um, and then just like punish the people for their attack. Um, It's just a, it's a really neat mechanic. Um, It's really satisfying when it all comes together. Um, yeah, like it took a long time. Like there were a lot of points in this game uh where I was like I'm not I don't think I'm going to finish this. Like this combat isn't that satisfying. These characters aren't that deep. This world isn't Im- as immediately interesting as the original game. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm past that threshold where I'm like no, I'm going to see this to the end. Like this has had a lot of cool reveals and the combat is finally like a lot of fun. There's a lot of fucking shit though. Like it's so much like every every environment has like a thousand items to find and just like the the crafting stuff and the there are so many things in this game. Like it's like mind-boggling and it started opening up uh side quests that my uh blades can do on their own. Kind yeah. of like those timed challenges that like were in Assassin's Creed where you can send out assassins to do missions. Um, it has something similar to that. Um, so it's like, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is a cool way to build your blades that you're not using. Um, but then like, I looked at the list and it's just like off the bat, it's like already a hundred quests. And like, there's so many different little meta systems like, oh, if you get these many quests, it'll open up this thing. And then you can go to this area. And then, um, and then there's like an overall world ranking where like, depending on how much of the world you fixed or whatever in certain areas, those will improve and that'll improve commerce between different areas. And then that'll get you more money. And like all these little subsystems where I'm just like, that's so much fucking involvement. Like it's, it's enticing, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't think I need to do this to really like experience this game. Um, That's just for whoever's out there with OCD who really needs to clean up every portion of this map. Um, all I really want to do is get Cosmos, uh, on my team. And, like Cosmos was, a was a character from the, uh, Xeno Saga series. Okay. Um, on PS2. And since these are the same creators, like, it's like a, it's a, uh, it's a nice little bonus. Oh it's a nice little bonus for wow. people who enjoyed those games. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a I- cool game. Like, does this does this studio make basically just mech games? 
Um, I mean, they they definitely have a style. That's the other thing too. Is like there was a cutscene in this game where uh, Pyra, who is your main character, uh, that that that's the blade that you are uh, going around with. She like mm-hmm. she's the Igus. She's supposed to be like the most powerful blade in the in the world. Um, and then there's a scene where she like you you know your character almost uh through his foolhardiness gets himself killed. Uh, mm-hmm. Pyra basically does a DBZ and turns into Mithra, which is like an even more powerful Igus. Um, yeah. and I was like, oh okay, so Pyra can change into a different form. That's neat. Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene where Mithra has like a flashback because Mithra's, you know, at least a thousand years old or something, and she's had mm-hmm. drivers, uh, other drivers in there that weren't Rex. Um, yeah. And in her flashback, there's a part where like it zooms out and she's piloting what is almost in exactly a Gundam. It's just a Gundam. <laughs> It didn't have yeah. like its own little take on it and like, oh, this looks a little different than the Gundams. It just looked like a Gundam. And I was just like, oh, fuck yes. There's Gundams in this game. <laughs> um, so I'm really curious to see where this game goes with that. Like I hope at some point I get to pilot one. Yeah. I doubt it just on the way the game plays. But maybe I'll get to fight one. I don't know. I'm excited that there are Gundams in this game. <sighs> I like that this game is shows promise. Th- this game is unique. It is it is kind of like wholly entirely itself. Like it's very bombastic and very over the top and very anime, but it's still like its identity is entirely its own and it's like not ashamed of what it is. Um so like I it's it's really cool to like it's it's a refreshing game even though like it's a sequel and it is a 80 hour endeavor. Um but yeah, it, it's it's a cool game. Cool. If you like RPGs at all, um, it's a cool game to have on the Switch. Mm-hmm. But it, um, it is a time sink. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it. I've heard it's like a 100-hour game. It can be. I'm sure it can be double that with the cool. amount of side shit that there is in the game. I Again, like I'm 40 hours in. I just unlocked the ability to send my blades out on missions. Cool. So it's just like, because I was wondering, like, what is that thing in the menu that is just question marks? Like, I'm so far into this game, I don't understand why I still have question marks on my menu. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh, we've unlocked the ability to go on mission, on like side quests. I'm I feel like, like cool. Japanese games are really bad about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this game could have, they could have explained the systems a lot faster, a lot more clearly. And then they also should have had a the ability to let you look up, um, basically everything. Like there's no there's nowhere in the game where you can look up like combat uh, tips or combos or anything. After the tutorial, the game doesn't let you explore that stuff anymore. You mm-hmm. just had to remember what the tutorial told you, and the tutorial's not always perfect at explaining. I had to watch YouTube videos on how to do the combat properly in this game. And granted, that took 10 minutes. It was really quick. Yeah. But I was just like, this should just be in the game. Like, there should not be a need for me to go seek out extra help. Um, but yeah, ult- ultimately, it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm enjoying Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Cool. Um, my last game is going to be Getting Over It uh, with Bennett Foddy. Fondy? Fondy? Maybe Foddy. Something like that. Um, have you played this? Oh, yeah pretty rad it's i i realized 
that I got it from Humble Bundle like two months ago uh, as their little extra for the the monthly thing. And I, I finally decided to play it because I had heard that it was really good. And yeah, it's totally, it's awesome. Like I, I really like playing it and Hannah likes watching me play it. <laughs> and uh, um, how far have you gotten in it? I got past the uh, the chimney a little bit further and then I think I fell back down. The chimney? Is that the one with the, the lights like on the yeah. sides? That's, okay. that's called the chimney. I got up to that. Okay. I got past that. I'm at a part where there is a bunch of pallets stacked up. Have you seen this? Um, it turns into like having to fling yourself at these pallets and then like drop down, catch like a platform. It's it be, it gets very elaborate, <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Um, and also, there's a part. Like, where I'm at, if I fall, I fall all the way back to the very beginning. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think I'm pretty far. <laughs> that chimney part is very hard to to get from the top of that to, like, the next part. Um, but once I did that, it was, like, pretty smooth sailing for a little bit. And then and then now I'm at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, uh... and that's when I, that's when I stopped playing. Um, but listener for this, uh, this game is, it's, um, it's by the same person who made Quop, and it's kind of his homage to a game called Sexy Hiking. Have we already talked about this? A little bit. We talked about it on Game of the Year. Yeah. Okay. Well, just real quick. It's like, it's an homage to a game called Sexy Hiking where like you have a sledgehammer and you use it to kind of swing it and climb up, um, like a mountain of, of junk, like assets and stuff that have been just kind of thrown into the world. Not really haphazardly, but um, kind of. <clears throat> but the the whole, like, idea behind it is that, like, games don't really... Um, games aren't... Like, all, all of the, the conflicts that you run into in games aren't real. Like, they don't actually mean anything because you as the player know that no matter what, I'm going to get past this. Like, this isn't a real obstacle like it like nothing about it is actually like impeding my progress um but in this game like i mean if you don't pass it then you if you're not good enough at swinging this hammer and understanding kind of how the movement works then you're not going to get past whatever obstacle you're running up against you're just you're not going to see the rest of the game like plain and simple um which i don't know i feel like this year especially has been like that that concept has kind of come up especially with a like cuphead and not being able to beat the bosses in cuphead um like i feel like it has kind of been a big year for asking like what what is okay for difficulty in in video games and this game is kind of uh like magnifies that and and studies that yeah um i mean it's it's about falling down yeah like deliberately um Mm -hmm. And it does that through shitty controls. Like I, <laughs> the idea that it's just like no, there's a way to learn how to play this, and it's just like this game has shitty controls. Like, <laughs> and yeah, you can, you can somehow wrap your mind around them, and get up that mountain, but <laughs> like, 
like literally uh, uh, so much as a sneeze will send you back down the mountain because fucking cauldron boy like pushed off a ledge too hard yeah um and yeah like that's the worst whenever you're like flying up and he just like pushes the sledgehammer out yeah it's like you just fly away from the edge of the mountain yeah that's the thing that's the thing that's frustrating about this game is like if you want to deliberately push yourself uh up something and you like line it up and you time it and you like give the mouse enough uh momentum to get up the side like your guy will go up like two feet in the air and you're like okay but somehow without even thinking you can make him launch 17 feet like in a direction you don't want to go yeah and you're like how come when i'm trying to deliberately do this it's not working um yeah i mean like i i like this game a lot and i i like what it's trying to do um it's it's like i find it condescending at points mm-hmm. like when i'm falling down the mountain he's like oh what a bother but don't worry you'll get it next time and i'm just like fuck off bennett fondy like <laughs> yeah like i you deliberately made a game with bad controls like that is your shtick like you know uh, yeah you can go on youtube and watch a dude beat this game in three minutes or something but like the uh you know i i I think these games are funny little uh uh, novelty games ponies (laughs) but like i have no interest in trying to beat this game Mm-hmm. like i just don't like i just i it is gonna be hours of frustration i think i was getting close i i don't know i haven't seen what the end actually is but i was pretty far trust me dude like it this is a long fucking game really just i, I watched the entire speed run and that guy is it really three minutes it's like three minutes but the guy like launches himself like That's with crazy. every swing so he's getting through every challenge in like one swing. Yeah. Um yeah, but otherwise like I don't know. Plebes like you and me aren't going to see the end of this game. I mean you can next week you can try. I'll, yeah, I'll tell, yeah, exactly. Report back. Yeah, I'll, I'll report back on that one. Um do you want to take a break or just head into this last little bit? I need a break. All right, let's take a break. All right. not the news this week no news no news but good news year. we don't yeah there's no time for news uh it's the beginning of the year and uh, beginning of the year and we want to talk about what we are most anticipated for um or most anticipating and do you want to start out or do you want me to go um i don't know do you I kind of listed mine. My, will take a little less explaining because I'm I'm a little curious on what so, some of these are. Yeah, I was thinking if we should do it in order of uh, release date, but 
half of my list does not have an actual release date. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'll go. Go for it. <laughs> Mine's pretty... Uh, these are pretty mainstream picks here. <clears throat> uh, so I got God of War on here. Um, I'm really... What is that? I'm really interested in how they're switching up God of War <laughs> uh, from being this like stylish action game to uh, maybe a little bit slower paced. Um, something along those lines. It looks like they're going for that more uh, Dark Souls combat of uh, the more deliberate uh, action or whatever. They haven't, yeah, they definitely haven't shown like a huge bombastic set piece yet. No, which is like all that series was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that and, is interesting. Uh, yeah, to ground it a little bit more, um, as like in terms of, of the the combat is is interesting to me, and I, w- I want to see how that works out. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of games have shown that that works. So, I mean, if they can do it proper, then I think God of War would be a cool game, uh, a cool world to see that happen in. Yeah. Like, um. Kratos doesn't seem like a total meathead this time so i'm also <laughs> excited about that nearly as much no um next year i have dragon ball fighters rad that is uh, one of mine as well this is, yeah this is the the rad dragon ball uh fighting game that's coming out it's coming out soon it's it comes out in like two weeks yeah it's by oh, uh arc gosh. system works which are the yeah. blast blue guilty gear folks um, I don't give a shit about Dragon Ball, and this game looks really cool. Yeah, no, I I have maybe watched Dragon Ball. Like, when I was a kid, I, I probably watched some Dragon Ball. I don't know anything about the lore, but God, that game looks so good. Mm-hmm. It looks like a rad fighter. I think um, I think it's doing what Guilty Gear does, where it's, those characters are actually 3D models. Um, it looks 2D. But they're, you can play it in 2D, but it will... <sighs> do it will basically switch the camera angle for some of the attacks yeah um it looks really special yeah it yeah i i'm really glad that that um arxis is getting like a chance with a a big property here Mm -hmm. and i I think this will put them on the map a little bit more than a a little bit more mainstream than uh like the uh the guilty gear stuff has um yeah probably and then next year, I have Monster Hunter World. I didn't play that beta. I know you said it was lacking. I just don't like... Uh, I don't think I like Monster Hunter. Yeah. That might just, I, that I've might tried just be Monster it. Hunter yeah. before. I like the idea. I, I think it's like what, what you were saying about uh, how Horizon kind of makes good on that idea almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is the, the game where you're you're hunting monsters and it's... Like, this is the first Monster Hunter that's going to be, like, open uh, to where you don't have to load in the areas. Yeah. And it seems like there's going to be more of a, a, a uh, like, a food chain kind of going on. Um, it looks cool. Like, it looks really good. I don't, again, I didn't see it in motion. Um, but I, I, I want to check it out. I'm really interested in how that will go. Uh, I also have Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> this is on here. Because, like, I am just curious what a Metal Gear game is going to look like after uh, Kojima is gone <laughs> from Konami. Uh, yeah, the this is the... It's just a zombie survival game, it looks like, uh, from, like, trailers that have come out and, like, 
the gameplay. I, I liked how Metal Gear 5 controlled a lot, and we'll see how that translates to a zombie survival game. Yeah. In I'm, like, I'm, I'm, years I'm, after that has has already like gone out of fashion. Right. I'm of the opinion that this game is either going to be like surprisingly satisfying and fun mm-hmm. or it's going to be like umbrella core yeah or it's just gonna be like so hot garbage that we're gonna be baffled at why someone even released it um <laughs> outside of you know to make a buck yeah um the fact it's had so, like it's supposed to be out pretty soon right like february or march yeah, I think it's February. Yeah, the fact that we're like, we haven't seen shit about it makes me think that this is not something they really want to show to people. Yeah. Um <laughs> guess we've really seen almost nothing about this game even though it got announced yeah. what feels like 2 years ago now. Mhm. So But I am definitely anticipating it. <laughs> sure, I guess I am also curious about it. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um so next I have a way out. This is the the uh, co-op um, prison break looking game mm-hmm. uh, made by Hazelight. Is that their studio name? Uh, I don't know what the name of the studio is. Uh, I think it is. I think it is Hazelight. Um, they made Brothers. Um, this is also the the from the dude that said "fuck the Oscars." Yeah. <laughs> um, if you don't remember that, uh, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how this will play out. Uh, I really want to play it with Hannah and and go that route and uh see how that goes um it i don't know i i feel like it, it could be interesting it has like a really cool uh americana kind of style to it that i'm way into like a mm-hmm. yeah um next i have nino kuni 2 revenant kingdom i didn't play the first nino kuni interesting i just really like the style of this game yeah like, I, I like how it looks yeah um I did. I don't know what yeah. it's about. Okay, it's uh, God. I I played the first one. I don't even really remember the story. You kind of are. It starts off in like a 1950s esque American setting, um, and your characters are kind of whisked into this magical world where you have this destiny to become the king or save the world or something. Um, I I did not like Nino Kuni really it's you're right it's beautiful it has like all the tlc is there as far as its animation and its uh presentation of its story um the combat system is like it's like bad pokemon um it has it's just really it's it's mindless in that you kind of just set all your characters to auto attack um Uh, And that kind of works for every battle. You get into a lot of random battles. Um, mm -hmm. And I just remember the battle theme being really bad. Um, (laughs) And having to hear it over and over. And kind of grueling through what is this kind of homage to the traditional RPG. Um, Mm -hmm. It it had definitely like some bright spots. So I do hope that they fix on that stuff. But... um, when they announced it, like my thought wasn't like, yes, another Nino Kuni. My thoughts like, really? Like people want another Nino Kuni? Like I mean, I'm down for another Studio Ghibli RPG, but like actually a deliberate sequel to Nino Kuni is strange to me. Yeah. Um 
we'll see. <laughs> it it intrigued me from what I when I saw. Um, I, I should have probably looked it up a little bit more. But uh, next I have Far Cry Five. Um, I'm interested. I, I'm sure Ubisoft sees at this point that something needs to be uh, shook up in the, the Far Cry um, formula, mm-hmm. and like they're the obvious, like they're the ones that that made this open world formula that like so many games have uh, kind of um, riffed on. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, they, they did good by Assassin's Creed and I feel like they'll probably try to do something new with Far Cry 5. Um, yeah. As far as the story, it's it's like that really hasn't grabbed me. It's like, okay, well, uh, like whatever, there's this cult. But I, I'm really interested to see how the, the gameplay changes. Yeah, uh, I think the messaging for this game has been awful. Like, it's been sparse. It's been not just sparse. I, I don't feel like I feel like I've seen plenty of trailers for it. It's just like okay. I don't know what they're going for. I don't know if they want this game to be like a. I don't know if how they want us to take it. Like, is are we supposed to take this game like seriously? Like, yeah, like yeah, this is a real look into the grim reality of what is a cult a religious cult in america you know especially in 2018 a time when there are there is kind of a resurgence of a of a militant right wing and what that looks Mm -hmm. like in rural america um and and yeah like i'm like okay that's a serious story that is something that can't be treated with levity um given just the subject matter but then seeing the trailer, so it's just like boom, 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 banana, banana, man, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, oh, I'm sorry, this is just a a, a bumblefuck, like Far Cry game again. Like, yeah, what are you? What pick a tone, Ubisoft? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want people to think this is a a real serious thing that like we're supposed to take seriously, or do you want people to think this is just another playground? Um. I, I know you want to have both, but like, the, you know, this, this you're sacrificing the story in the interim. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll be surprised. Like, I, well, I mean, like Wolfenstein kind of did that. Like they they still did like the the fuck the Nazi stuff and like, and like this like bombastic uh, approach. But I mean, there is like some serious stuff in Wolfenstein that is not like done jokingly yeah um we'll see yeah yeah the, the messaging's been bad but like that's a completely different department basically so i was also on youtube uh just last night and saw that there were like youtubers playing the first few hours of far cry 5 mm-hmm. and i i don't know like i used to be like tuned into you youtube and like games on youtube and stuff and it's like at this point, I'm like, oh, wow, like, YouTubers are already playing Far Cry. That's weird. Uh, okay. That is weird. That game, like, got, that game I, got delayed. I, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, next, I have Red Dead Redemption uh, 2. Cool. I I mean, it's, yeah, it's Red Dead Redemption. I like the first one. I'm interested to see how this one will turn out. I feel like this one's not going to make the same impact. Uh I still would like to go and see, like, I I have a real soft spot for, like, Wild West anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like, especially just, like, art. Like, I really like... Why is that, like, Zach? Art. 
because I live in Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I like um like art of like cowboys and stuff like that. Um just cuz I've kind of grown up around it and I really like to see that translated into games and I don't feel like that's done very often. Mm-hmm. Um like realistically anyway cuz like I I just I just want to play as a cowboy. All right. Cowboy Mario did it for me. Um we'll we'll see if Red Dead Redemption does. Um, they haven't shown a lot of this game either, but I mean, Rockstar never really does until it gets. No, that's right. Uh, that's always been their mo. Which yeah, I'm fine. I'm sure this game will be very satisfying. Yeah, even if it doesn't I... quite deliver on expectations, like I would just be down with riding a horse through a pretty environment. Yeah, um, and I I think that the the GTA the online stuff works way better in Red Dead Redemption because. In GTA Online, it always turns into everybody just shooting each other, and I feel like that works way better in a like in a like a shootout way in the Wild West, whereas running through like Los Angeles just guns blazing, it just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me like thematically, um, and like the the only uh, Rockstar multiplayer that I've really got into was the original Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I'll probably I I can see myself hopefully I can hopefully see myself playing a lot mm-hmm. more Red Dead Redemption this year um, if it doesn't get delayed. Uh, next, I've State of Decay two. This is the the sequel to the little uh, Xbox arcade um, game. Uh, it is also <laughs> the developer's website was like the only forum that I ever got like super involved in. I actually went back and logged into my old forum account on the on their website. I was like reading all my old posts. It was uh, it was bad, um, but I really liked the promise of the first one, uh, where it's like this kind of huge. Uh, it, it's a very management heavy uh, zombie survival game, uh, where you're kind of managing like a farm on your on your land and everything, and like who. Like, who's doing what? Who's working where? Uh, who's going out and scavenging? Like, And then you're also playing a part in, in the, the broader um, scheme of, like, trying to survive. Um, and, and, like, I liked how they did looting and all that. And uh, I can't wait to see them. Like, I'm sure they'll do a much bigger world in this game. Because the one in, in the first game was very small. Like, even at the time in um in um comparison to like Skyrim cuz I it, I want to say it came out in 2012 which is a year after Skyrim and having like this very scaled down um open world with not a whole lot of character I mean it does have like some character but it's like there's just not a whole lot to it it was kind of bare bones um it's kind of disappointing but I would like to see what they do next um did you ever play state of decay uh no wow it's interesting it's got a cool style uh spider-man is the next one that i have on here spider-man i feel like this game won't come out this year but (laughs) if it does it's like i think it's scheduled for a release this year i am into seeing a new spider-man from sucker that's sucker punch right is it sucker punch no, it's not Sucker. Sucker Punch is doing the the Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Uh it's um the people who worked on Sunset Overdrive. That's right. Oh gosh. 
I, I cannot remember the name. Whoever they are, yeah. um, they are working on this Spider-Man. And I'm interested to see a... Like, I feel like there's this reverence for um, making, like, movie games now or, or uh, like, licensed games now by actual studios who have a kind of a pedigree mm-hmm. um, after Batman did it and, like, nobody else really came in there and did the same thing. Um, so I'm interested to see how... Um, Oh gosh, it was right there on the tip of my cut. It's Insomniac. Insomniac. Um, I'm really interested to see Insomniac make a Spider-Man game. Uh, I feel like if somebody were to do it, Insomniac would be probably the the team that I would say would be best on that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the the, the trailers they showed for this game were not impressive. Yeah. There was something about uh, that combat like that looked game. <laughs> downright like just foul. Um, yeah. So hopefully that stuff gets cleaned up. Um, I, I just I thought we were beyond the the era of like button prompts and stuff for like finishers yeah. and stuff. Um, so seeing that like make its way back into a game uh, was kind of disappointing. Um, but yeah, like Insomniac is has a pretty clean track record, so mm-hmm. um, I liked their last two games quite a bit. So yes, and uh, my last game here, with all of the hubbub aside <laughs> that kind of came out around this game, uh, the last night, right? I am super pumped for this game. It looks like a a it has rad pixel art. And it looks like a Blade Runner esque. Um, I don't even know what type of game. I'm just. I know it's supposed to come out this year. It looks rad. There were neon signs and shooting happening in this weird uh, kind of like 2D with layered uh, or with like layers of um, pixel art, and it, it just looked cool. Um, it was shown at E3 last year. Um, I'm really pumped for the last night. Mm-hmm. Sweet. That's my list. It's a good list. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Thanks. sure bets. Yeah. I like to take sure bets. Sure bets. I didn't say Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> no, Alexa's like, I'm a sure bet. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get to my list. Okay. Um, can go over Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Um, because we talked about that, and that's an obvious pick. Um, yes. So the first few on here are just uh, chronological, um, and then once there is no longer dates, uh, that's a separate list. Um, so the first one here is Civilization Six: Rise and Fall. So Civilization Six came out last year, um, maybe the year before. It came out a while ago. Um. I've barely put time into it because at this point, Civilization V is a more robust game than Civilization mm-hmm. VI. Um, and Civilization V launched the same way. It launched kind of bare bones, um, and I was playing Civilization IV until Gods and Kings came out, um, in which case all my time went into Civilization V. So I'm hoping that this first expansion for Civilization VI 
will finally like flesh out the game um, in a way where I can kind of put uh, Civilization Five to bed and start exploring the things about Civilization Six and make that my new obsession. Um, yeah, it it is kind of a bummer how like every time a sequel to Civilization comes out, uh, it's just it's just not where the previous iteration is. Because mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of things about Civilization Six that are really neat, um, especially with the way like its wonders work, um, the way they fleshed out its diplomacy, um, just a lot of cool things that I really want to explore more. Because I, I I did like what I played, um, but ultimately like I didn't want to play too much of a game and then completely relearn it once the expansion comes out. Yeah. So. Um, Hopefully this expansion uh, is as good as everyone's saying it is, and I can get back onto a Civilization uh, Six kick, which will take up all my time that is currently being funneled into Divinity. Um, next up here is Yakuza Six, the Song of Life. Um, it is billed as the last Yakuza game, um, or the last Kiryu game. It might not be the last Yakuza game. Um, this is a series that, like, I really like, and, uh, I think closing Kiryu's story is a smart thing to do now, because we are seven deep (laughs) in this series, um, and this poor man can only go through so much, um, but, like, they have a new engine that looks stellar, like, um, the way that they kind of, the, the camera work, uh, works with this engine is really satisfying where like you'll be fighting and then the camera on either critical hits or maybe finishing moves will follow the uh whatever limb that you're using so like it'll follow your hand as like it goes into some dude's face or it'll follow your foot as it goes into some dude's face um just like the different wrestling moves that they put in this game are really cool um the fact that like the New Pro Wrestling, the the Japanese Wrestling League, is uh is in this game like, and there's like a whole wrestling sub story to it. Like it's just like they they're finally like showing their hand. They're like, hey, look, guess what? Did you know that we like wrestling? It's like, yeah, Yakuza creators, we knew. Um, it's in all your games. Yeah, but um, yeah, like I'm really excited to explore what's basically like a world I know inside and out, but see it in this new engine. Um see the way they make it breathe um it's it's gorgeous like it's i'm really excited to finally play a yakuza that feels like it's made for this generation yeah because it's just like i love zero like zero was one of my favorite games last year um but that engine just like was showing its age um i almost bought zero last night uh you should it's good yeah like it sounds really cool yakuza zero is great like the thing about Yakuza 6 is like it come with it comes all the story baggage of yeah. the entire series to the point where like, you know, Haruka has a has a has a baby now <laughs> and like um you know, all these characters like you've gotten to know and love have gone through like such an arc by 6. Um mm-hmm. I'm excited to see like I, I it, everything they've sh- they've shown for it looks really neat. Um and even things like the like the fighting system has like a really cool leveling uh progression um 
So yeah, like this will be another Yakuza time sink, but it won't feel like a chore because everything will feel fresh again with this new engine. Um, so next up uh, is Valkyria Chronicles 4. Okay. So These are the World War II yes. anime. So it is a right. kind okay. of a magical realism World War II uh, fantasy game. Um, okay. The first Valkyria Chronicles is like one of my favorite PS3 games and maybe one of my favorite strategy games. It's really cool. It's like a, it kind of did what XCOM did before XCOM. Like okay. it uh the before the relaunch of XCOM. Um, just like managing position and, um, setting up traps and, you know, like the oversight mechanic, all that stuff. It was doing that. Um, but like in this really whimsical fantasy setting, um, just really neat game. Like the, uh, the sequel came out on PSP. So it was, it was still cool. Like it was a really great, uh, PSP game, but just didn't have the scope of the original. Um, and then three came out and was just kind of a disappointment for everyone. <laughs> so it's kind of cool to see them bring it back to, uh, to a proper console. And even though the art style seems largely unchanged, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it's by design or maybe, um, I haven't seen enough of it yet, but it looks almost exactly like the PS3 one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see where this one deviates from the formula. If it does at all, maybe it's just a faithful uh, remastering of the original um, or reimagining of the original, even though like sequentially it's the fourth game in the series. And I don't even Mm -hmm. know if the four matters. I don't think these games have one through line because Valkyrie Chronicles 1, 2, and 3 were all different stories, even though they Uh, took place in the same universe. Yeah. Um, But I'm curious, like it's coming out way sooner than I thought it was coming out. It's coming out within like two months, so maybe that's a Japan, uh, Japanese release date, but I think it's for the states. Um, but yeah, like uh, hopefully, like this can recapture that magic that I felt from the first game because that first game was great. Like the way that you got to know your party members and the just the tactics. The tactics were really good. Like it's a really fun strategy game. Cool. All right, next up. We got um, Chuchul. Chuchul is real cute. <laughs> it's uh, Chuchul is the it's a comedy adventure game from the creators of uh, Machinarium. I thought this was called Kukel or something like that. You're yeah, right. It is. It's a Kukel. Okay. Um, because yeah, it's not Chuchul. It's not English. I've been calling it Chuchul in my brain. Ah. Um, yeah, yeah, because his rival's name is like Kekel. And he's Kukel or something. Um, so I don't know much about this. I know it's just made by the people who've made Samorost and Botanic, uh, Botanicula, um, which are all games I enjoyed a lot. Um, looking at this game, it's kind of hard to piece what it even is. It just looks like a lot of goofy characters interacting with each other, um, which I'm fine with. Like, honestly, like the personality of... Uh, I believe the developer the developer is Amanita. Um Amanita Design. Like the, the, their games have such personality and so I think they're really doubling down on that and maybe moving away from the uh the uh, the adventure elements of their games 
to be something a little bit more uh, approachable for all ages. Mm-hmm. Um, something that you won't have to like, you know, uh, slam your head against the wall because you don't know where to go next. Um, like I remember, I, as much as I enjoy uh, Machinarium and Samoros, like those games did get a little obtuse mm-hmm. in their puzzle design. So I'm excited to see a game that's just kind of like all personality, less about uh, esoteric puzzles. Um, and yeah, just looking at this game makes me happy. So yeah. I'm excited to see where they go with it. And it has a really cool design. I, it has a unique art style. It's It reminds me of like like old foreign cartoons. There's just something really... Uh, that's it, it feels like you know it's just like you're opening up a, a children's book okay zach you want to comment cool. on any of these <laughs> um you want to keep I mean, me I just talking to my thing about the, like <clears throat> okay like uh i didn't play machinarium or like uh the bow what was it botanic mm-hmm. uh, i just didn't play them i'm not much of an adventure game kind of person mm-hmm. okay uh this next one I'm pretty interested in. Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of an yeah. Elusive Age. It's the 11th Dragon Quest. <laughs> oh, it's the 11th numbered mainline Dragon Quest. There are many other Dragon Quests outside of these. I have started many of the Dragon Quest games. Yeah. Um, it's like a proper Dragon Quest, which we haven't had since 8. Um, 9 was neat, but it was a more like a multiplayer uh like a local multiplayer ds game um that i played like quite a bit of um and enjoyed but like it just does not have uh the storytelling chops um and world building that eight did and then Mm -hmm. 10 came out and that was an mmo which never made it to the states so yay (laughs) um so finally like Almost, God, like, over 10 years later, we're finally getting, like, a proper single-player epic fantasy uh, Dragon Quest game. Really? Has it really been that long? It's been, yeah, the last one came out in 2000, like, or um, not the last one, but Dragon Quest Eight came out in uh, 2005, I think. It came with a demo of Final Fantasy Twelve, so I want to say it came out in 2005 um geez <laughs> yeah like it's it's been a while since there's been a proper single player dragon quest game like we've had a lot of cool things in the middle like you know they've remastered the uh original games like the four five and six mm-hmm. um so dragon quest is interesting in that like the first six games operate in a arc so one two and three are one story or at least take place in the same universe and then mm-hmm. four five and six the same thing and then from seven on they've been separate universes um but so it's cool to get like remakes of those games yeah um but i'm ready for like a new thing the the new world looks like really beautiful um it just looks like like fi- like a finally a proper <laughs> like jrpg like it it's it scra- it the like, dragon quest games scratched the itch for me that like a game like nino kuni didn't mm-hmm. um so i'm just really excited to see like exactly how expansive they get like how far they deviate from the formula because dragon quest games are all kind of similar um i want to see how much new shit they add 
um, or if it still plays like every Dragon Quest game, which I would be fine with, honestly. It's like cause, like the, a lot of the appeal of these games is their amazing soundtracks and um, just like the charm of their characters and exploring that world. Um, also, like this game is unique in that there are two versions of it. There is a console version, which will come out on PS4, and there is a 3DS version of it. Yeah. And to my knowledge, they are the same game, just with different styles. Um, Yeah. And also, like, Japan got a special edition that had the PS4 and 3DS version, which is, like, really fascinating, because, like, this is a special edition of a game that has one, half of it is Nintendo and half of it is Sony. Yeah. Um... So yeah, I'm I'm curious to see if America will get something similar. I p- highly doubt it, but because yeah. Dragon Quest <laughs> in the States is not the phenomenon it is in Japan. Um, yeah, I, I've been kind of purposely keeping myself in the dark about this one. Um, I saw like the the reveal trailer, maybe one more, and then I kind of have stopped seeking out information for it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to be properly surprised. Like I like this series a whole bunch. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Dragon Quest Frost Eleven, Punk? Frostpunk. Ooh, Frostpunk is cool. Frostpunk is a um, city building game okay. that is being made by the developers of this War of Mine. So, it okay. is it, it is a city building game that has a kind of like significant moral underpinning, um, kind of like. Your society, you're trying to live on basically an uninhabitable planet. Mm-hmm. You are in, that's why it's called Frostpunk. You're trying to build a society in like basically the tundra. Yeah. Um, it, it has a really neat style. It has like the, it looks like it has like the amount of strategy you want from a city building game. Um, but then it has, has this underpinning of like the things that you need to do to survive on this planet are kind of like dirty. Um, there are a lot of societal implications that are um, kind of horrifying. So mm-hmm. just the like trying to adapt to this uninhabitable world um, requires like an amount of sacrifice that can be kind of uh, just uncomfortable, like, you know, child labor um, <laughs> and, you know, Rat- it looks like they have a nuclear reactor in the middle of the t- in the middle of the city. Nah, yeah, I mean, like, of course, of course, they have to. <laughs> How else are they going to get energy? Um, yeah. It looks really cool. Like everything they've shown of it, um, it looks like it has like the depth that you would want out of a city building game. But mm-hmm. this war of mine also treated like the human the humanity of its uh, of its world like with that's, a, that's a cool mashup with like a good like a deft touch like this world mind uh, this world mind was like a really smart game yeah. um that i wish more people would check out like and frostpunk is more or less kind of doing the same thing it's like here's the city building game but like think about the ruthlessness of what it takes to build a city in extreme environments um i mean even even in <laughs> in a non-extreme environment when i think of like when I play a game like City Skylines or SimCity, mm-hmm. and I think about how easily I will wipe out part of the city because it doesn't fit into my grand design. Yeah. Like, you know, you start the city and you have to build, like, you don't have that much money, so you build a shitty road and some houses and, like, some industry um, until you get the ball rolling. And then once you have a lot of money, you, like, 
move out and you build a nicer part of the city and like that has the bigger roads and the rail systems and everything. And then you think about like the little shitty city you started with and you're like, well, that's just in the way now. And you just get rid of it. And like in those games, there's no like consideration of like, oh, you're getting rid of people's homes. Um, Yeah. So like that's something I always think about in like when I'm playing a city building game. I'm like, I always think about like your head cannon. Well, it's not just head cannons. Like in real life, when you think about like eminent domain or when you think about people kicking out people out of a building because they want to build a huge condo or complex or whatever over it Mm -hmm. um and like that shit happens in real life all the time and it's horrible but when you play a city building game you like that's for some reason that part of it never factors into it um you're just thinking about the economics of it um so frostpunk having not only like a really awesome style um but like making you think about the human cost of surviving and like is it even worth building a society where there is so much strife to keep it going mm-hmm. um yeah i'm really excited for this game it looks really cool yeah um okay next game uh, another thing i'm really excited for i talked about it a little bit um after our e3 uh show is grifflands okay so this is the new game by clay which is the people who made uh, Invisible Ink, uh, Mark of the Ninja. Um, so yeah, like this game seems to scratch all the itches that like Mass Effect would. Yeah. Um, it's just like exploring these strange lands, kind of uh, being like a true rogue. <laughs> like again, having a lot of gray area around things like where your loyalty uh, lies and um what you'll do to survive um mm-hmm. i like the i like even the title grifflands gives you the impression that it's going to be about like tricking people and uh getting by with like very little resources and yeah having to use kind of your wits to survive it's um, got a style it's got a cool style it has a lot of personality and just like its character portraits mm-hmm. um yeah going off invisible ink and market the ninja like i know that clay uh definitely knows what they're doing as far as style yeah um this will kind of be a chance for them to show their writing chops like how good are they at actually crafting a narrative because like invisible ink had a cool kind of structure but because it was a roguelike the narrative didn't really ever get too deep um it kind of had just like the surface level narrative that it needed to to play those games um and then Mark of the Ninja and Shank both were kind of devoid of character building or any kind of narrative. They mm-hmm. were mostly platform uh, action platformers. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like Clay has kind of a chance to show what they're made of here, and everything they've shown so far looks really neat and has a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. Um. I just hope that they deliver on it because this I I see this as something being something I can really sink into. Yeah. Um and I'm curious if it even is like one full RPG or if this is also a roguelike game. But uh yeah. Yeah, it looks really cool. All right, let's see. So many games. 
Yeah, you put a lot of games on here. Yeah, a lot of. I lot mean, there's of, a lot to be excited for. A lot of good games. Yeah, wish wish Zach could help out with some of these. <laughs> but he wants to say that I'm interested in God of War. Like, you know, good good pull, Zach. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. I don't know where you find all these. Uh, the internet. Yeah. Um, Pillars of Eternity Two, Deadfire. I don't need mm-hmm. to talk too much about this. Pillars of Eternity Two. Or I'm sorry, Pillars of Eternity um, is a uh, Infinity Engine game. Um, one of my favorite CRPGs, just as far as writing and lore, um, and characters too. Um, just like something that like really sucked me in, um, and didn't let go. It's just a cool world, cool lore, um, a really nice modern take on those classic uh, CRPGs. Yeah. Um, and everything I've seen from two makes me think it's just going to be bigger and better. Um, they haven't really announced anything. I, I mean, period. Like I kickstarted this not too long ago. Um, I've been getting regular updates, but I've been kind of not reading them just because mm-hmm. I want to be surprised by some of this. Um, it looks cool. This? It's not, scheduled yet is it i don't think so okay. um i think they are shooting for the end of this year i can see this going into 2019 yeah um but pillars of fraternity is one of the best rpgs that has come out in a while hmm. um and i'm just excited to see more of that and i'm, and I'm happy just that they are divinity oh yeah and they're different <laughs> games divinity is more about its systems um and kind of exploiting those pillars of eternity is first and foremost just about its story mm-hmm. um that's not to say that its combat isn't fun it was really dynamic um okay. and its characters had a lot of interesting abilities mm-hmm. um but it's mo- it's more focused on telling its story which it did extremely well like um if anyone is interested in crpgs like and you haven't played pillars of eternity like pick that up um, especially now, which is probably like ten bucks. Yeah. All right, knights and bikes. Knights and bikes uh, looks really neat. It's a like, double fine joint, right? Um. So I don't think so. It's made by a company called Foam Sword. Okay. Um. So it's the developers of Tearaway, um, and Little Big Planet, or it's developers from those games. Um, yeah. Tearaway, Little Big Planet, and Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Double Fine, I believe, is publishing it. Okay, um, that makes sense. I mean, like the game was also kickstarted, so I don't know why Double Fine is involved. Maybe they're just doing some production stuff, or yeah, uh, I don't know, keeping an eye on it. Yeah. Uh, so basically, this is a adventure game about childhood. It's inspired by the Goonies and Earthbound. Um, I don't know too much about what the actual point of the game is. Um, it looks like it's an adventure game. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a really neat art style. This really cool kind of paper cutout look to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you go around jousting on your bike. Picture. What's up? Yeah, I was I was gonna make an uh, analogy, but now I'm kind of going back on the analogy. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I was gonna say it kind of looked a little bit like Costume Quest, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Like it has a similar, like it's two D. It's not Costume Quest; it's three D. But yeah, um, it definitely like evokes that kind of feeling. Um, so 
yeah, there's not too much I know about this game. It just has a style that I that resonates with me. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, so did Costume Quest, but Costume Quest ended up being kind of a really simple RPG that yeah. even though it takes like four hours to complete, it still somehow felt long. <laughs> um, um, as much as I like the environment and the characters of Costume Quest. So hopefully Knights and Bikes has something to back up its cool style. Um, but yeah, like I don't know too much about it. It just looks like you know, just take a glance at it and you'll know right away, like, this is something yeah. I want to play or something that's not for me. Yeah. Um, but the fact that your characters are riding around on bikes jousting is really enough for me. Yeah. Um, it just seems like... I, I for, for some reason, riding bikes in games is, like, one of my favorite modes of transport. Like, every game I can think of where your character can ride a bike, like, I th- that's the thing I do. <laughs> Like, I really like doing it in Earthbound. I really like doing it in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Um, especially Grand Theft Auto of uh, San Andreas, where if mm-hmm. you just mashed on X, like, hard enough, you can just ride your bike up the side of a mountain faster than, like, a car would drive up it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, more bikes and games is my platform. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. I'll, I'll get on that. Um, I'm going to move one of these. And turn this. A lot of 3D games that have bikes in in them, like just bicycles. I mean the Dave Mira games. Well, (laughs) sure. Yeah. Um. So now we're on the mech round. Okay. So this next game has potential to be, uh, maybe my most anticipated game. Uh, Into the Breach. Oh. From the makers of FTL. So, Into the Breach is a game where you control powerful mechs from the future to defeat an alien threat. Um, It's a randomly generated turn-based roguelike. Um, So, they're kind of sticking to their guns. They're making another roguelike game. Um, Except in this one, it's not a... uh, It seems a little bit more complex. Like, it has a little bit more layer of strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially after looking at games like uh tiny metal that are trying to emulate the advanced war style yeah but aren't really adding anything to it um this looks like it has way more going for it like yeah, i was this, gonna say it looks like advanced wars yeah it has an advanced wars kind of aesthetic um but still like unique enough like th- th- it has its own style especially around its hud and everything like when i looked at tiny metal i was like oh you guys just completely ripped off advanced wars Mm-hmm. Um, and did not add anything to that formula. Um, whereas Into the Breach, like, definitely looks like it has its own thing going on. Um, you know, it wears its inspiration on its sleeve for sure, but it, um, I- I'm just excited to see how this plays. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks neat. It looks simple. It looks like something that you can get into for, you know, anywhere from 30 minutes to five hours. It looks like something that might. Uh, be able to fit on a phone uh maybe i wonder if they're going for that like ftl plays fine on the phone i I wouldn't i would be surprised if they didn't put this out on every platform they could yeah um yeah like i feel like the pedigree of ftl is enough like when someone says from the makers of ftl like i don't care what this would look like i would play it um because that's one of my favorite games of all time yeah 
um yeah i am excited i also like that it is the only game i have seen on the steam pages or under available it reads when it's finished <laughs> like usually it just says tba or yeah. a general date but this one says available when it's finished um yeah i'm Tomorrow. excited for this game quite a bit yeah and sticking on mechs um the next game on my list is called uh 13 sentinel uh 13 sentinels uh igus rim which okay. is an upcoming game from vanillaware uh vanillaware has kind of been quiet for a while their last game was yeah. dragon's crown which came out in 2013 so it's been five years since their last game and even dragon's crown i feel like was kind of a disappointment it was more like what if a vanilla what if uh you made wizardry not wizardry um what's that game called a uh, gauntlet like what if you made gauntlet oh, yeah. into or what if vanillaware made a their version of gauntlet so it was basically mm-hmm. like a rope beat em up you know everyone there was a lot of characters to choose from a lot of poorly designed women uh in that game it was kind of a bummer um mm-hmm. cuz their artwork is really beautiful but they still drew like women with like balloon breasts like right. and very little clothing um which was never their style like it was really off-putting to see that kind of artwork come out of vanillaware cuz like odin sphere and uh muramasa the demon blade um both had like beautiful artworks that was also like very tasteful so when yeah. dragon's crown came out and there's a controversy around its characters i was like oh yeah that makes sense that looks real dumb Oof. um so 13 sentinels is a mech game um i they, they really have not shown anything of this game they have shown maybe five pieces of artwork um yeah. i mean it's all in game like like it has like a really striking uh kind of like diorama almost looking uh set to it yeah. um yeah they, they, these people do beautiful animations um the composers for the vanilla war games are uh bass escape um they've made the final fantasy 12 soundtrack and also the soundtrack to odin sphere um they're some of the best uh musicians in the biz and they're back to work on this game like that's cool so yeah I'm, I'm really excited for this like this is the first game they've done in a modern setting um the promise of mechs has me really excited to play <laughs> mechs in a vanillaware game um and yeah like ev- everything about this game like is ticking the right boxes for me um i just kind of hope it delivers uh you know like dragon's crown wasn't a bad game but it was just not the pedigree that odin sphere and Muramasa were so uh yeah, I want to hear more about this game, and hopefully it comes out sooner rather than later. It's it seems like this is going to be a late release for the U.S. though. Yeah, I can still I can see this being like properly announced at E3 with a release date. Yeah, I mean mechs are pretty rad. <laughs> mechs are pretty rad. <laughs> Tell me about another mech. Um, I don't have another mech on here. No, no. You don't have any other mechs in your mind either. <laughs> In my mind, I mean, there yeah, are other. Just tell me about another mech. There are other mech games coming out. Okay, but they're not on my most anticipated list. You just want to hear about mechs. I just want to hear about a mech. Any mech. Any mech. Uh, how about Air Mech? Isn't that the uh, Air Mech Arena? Yeah. How's that game? I've never played that. It's like, <laughs> it plays like Herzog's Way. Oh. Uh, Herzog's Way was like 
maybe one of the best Genesis games. Like it's a really cool arena combat game um, where you're just kind of like advancing on territories and uh, with a helicopter that can turn into a mech. That's um, I think yeah. I own Air Mech Arena. <laughs> Air Mech Arena is a fun game. It plays surprisingly oh. really well. Cool. Anyway, fun mech diversion. <laughs> um, Zach wants me to talk until I literally can't talk anymore. Yes, I do. That I is really his do. goal. Yep. I'm almost at the end. Okay. Okay. War games. I spelled this wrong. Is, that, is this like the War movie? games. So it's inspired by the movie. Cool. Um, it is the next uh, Sam Barlow game. Ooh. Sam Barlow, who brought us her story. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of the same thing. He says it's going to be a series of games, not just one game. Um, uh-huh. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be some kind of telltale episodic thing. Um, where it's, it's the same thing. You are a young person hacking into uh, government weapons. Um, and that's about all we know of war games. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember hearing about this last year. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, um, it's cool. Like I think in, especially like today we're like game or in that games, uh, shows like black mirror are so popular Yeah, and this idea of like tech going wrong. And what if tech gets into the wrong hands? Mm-hmm. Um, and Given going off the success of uh, her story, um, I am excited to see what Stan Barlow wants to do with this. I'm excited that there's more FMV stuff coming out. Yeah, like FMV that's done well. Uh, I enjoy a whole bunch. So, um, yeah, apparently this one's going to center around the uh, the nuclear drama between the uh, U.S. and North Korea. so yeah i'm uh topical (laughs) for sure yeah a a real a very real thing Um, yeah so yeah i'm excited to see what uh is made of this game uh how it's gonna play um yeah i mean like it going off of her story like i bet this will be pretty rad um just because her story was mainly like uh it was you were messing around on the computer, right? And finding files and stuff like that. Yeah. Her story was about just kind of uh, listening to someone and then from those testimonies trying to prod deeper, just using yeah. whatever words you can think of. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, I'm sure this will turn out really cool. Like, um, yeah, I, I I remember hearing about this and going, huh, like that sounds rad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks, it looks neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see this being a lot of fun and some Sam Barlow seems really excited about, uh, um, what's her name? Jessica, Jessica something. <laughs> um, the, the lead that he got for this game. Uh, hold on. I'll look it up. This is a quick Google. Um, Jessica nurse. Okay. She's on the show scandal. Um, yeah, he says that, like, Jessica Nurse is, like, a really fantastic lead, which is cool, like, yeah, that that is, like, the performance of her story was, like, what made that game, mm-hmm. so, like, yeah, it's, it's good that Sam Barlow is very cognizant of that, he's not just going for 
whatever big name actor he can find he's going for someone yeah. he knows is going to deliver that story well yeah um cool that is war games three more okay we've got I, the, yes i remember hearing about this one i don't remember what it is at all so where the water tastes like wine is made by uh some people who i don't know if they left fulbright or if they still work at Fulbright and started their own team. Yeah. But the developer is called Dim Bulb. So it's it seems like it's almost like an anti-Fulbright. Yeah. Um so where the water tastes like wine is kind of a it is a it's definitely seeped in a Americana. It almost looks like an Oregon trail where you're just trying to travel through the countryside of the United States. It has a really neat style and it also has a uh a tarot card motif. Mm-hmm. Um to the point where like a lot of the characters in the artwork are playing tarot cards and like it seems like the gameplay might actually revolve around different tarot cards. Um and that might affect the direction of the story. Um it seems like there might not be a win condition in the game. Okay. It just seems like the the idea is to travel across and kind of take your own path um, and move through the United States just like hearing people's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I'm looking at it correctly, it looks like you play as just a skeleton with a, with a bindle Rad. just walking by a train tracks. Um yeah, it looks really neat. It's it seems like it's uh really focused more on its storytelling than it's any kind of gameplay mechanic. Um I'm curious if it does have any kind of roguelike element to it cuz that's what it just looks like. Um The art style looks like a like a pressed like not oppressed, but like a, like a I don't even know, like a printed look. I, it's hard to explain. It it looks like it's almost the same as that that one game that I mentioned during uh, Game of the Year, which was Incredipede. Right. Uh, it looks like it's got that kind of same method to it. Yeah, it definitely has like a yeah, like a pressed or like a wood carved yeah look into a lot of its uh, animation. And then it has like a three D overworld, which looks really interesting. Yeah. Um, it, it has, it's a really unique, striking thing. Yeah. Um, definitely. I'm excited to see more of this. Um, and like, yeah, I trust the people at Fulbright, and I will trust the people at Dim Bulb. <sighs> I believe this is their first game, but yeah, this actually should be coming out pretty soon. They said it would come out uh, in the first few months of 2018. Cool. So unless something got snagged, um, this is going to be coming out shortly. Let's see. Last cool. two games. Pathologic 2 is actually just Pathologic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the devs did this. Um, they're, re- they're remaking Pathologic, a game that came out in 2006 and almost nobody played. Um and they just decided to call it Pathologic 2 instead of Pathologic Remastered or whatever. Because already, there already is a Pathologic HD. Yeah. 
Um, and I think they're doing a lot more work to this. So I, I don't know why they decided to just go with two unless there's some little twist in there that would uh, merit that. Um, Pathologic is one of my favorite games, um, but it is almost oppressively difficult to play. Um, it is uh, a game about you, you are one of three doctors. You can choose who you want to be. And depending on which doctor you choose, you have uh, the, the story un, uh, unfolds differently. Uh, there are three types of doctors. There's like your standard doctor you think of when you think of doctor. Just some guy yeah. from England. Um, you can play as a uh, like an alternative medicine doctor. Like I forgot how they call what kind of uh, what they call her. Um, or you essentially can just play as like an occultist um, who is just using like magic to yeah. heal people. Um, mm-hmm. You go to this uh, village on the Russian steppes um, that is kind of, it's dying and something is happening to it. There's like a fog going over it. Um, the The inhabitants of this village are very interesting um, the, the cool thing about this game is it's kind of like a Majora's Mask where it's just on a timer um, mm-hmm. and there is a cycle of events that is happening and if you are in one part of town you are missing what's going on in the other part of town um, you're trying to find a cure for these people within a certain amount of time um, depending on how fast you can find this cure or at least learn what's going on in this town like that'll affect the events of the story so mm-hmm. there's like so much that's like there's the, the, like the the clockwork mechanism of this uh of this town like it begs you to explore it but like multiple times to see like what you missed your first playthrough yeah um and also play as different characters and like um yeah it's it's a really interesting game that i just think the technology and maybe the experience of the developer just wasn't there to deliver on mm-hmm. so like hopefully this will uh kind of catch people where they fell off the first time um like even what i haven't i haven't finished it either it, what's up what system did it come out on it was a pc game okay yeah um you Is can it get it on steam, steam. it's it, okay. it, it's on steam it's really interesting but it's just hard to play it's yeah. just a it is a game that does not tell you what to do or where you're going <laughs> like you just kind of have a vague direction on what to do and you you know you walk into one area of town and then people will start attacking you. You have no idea why. Great. Like it's uh, it's really oppressive in a lot of ways. But um, that reminds me of the Stalker games. Have you played any of those Stalker games? I like a whole bunch. Really? Yeah. I tried to play uh, one of them. I can't remember. Call I think of, it's like Call, Call of, of yeah. Propriet, yeah. Yeah, and I had no clue what to do. Yeah, I like the Stalker games a whole bunch. I wish they would make another Stalker. Hmm. Um. Yeah, this game it's it's similar thing, um, but it's it has a really unique gothic look to it as well, mm-hmm. um, and just some like really strange character design. And also the beginning of the game, there's like a stage play between the three main characters, um, and it's just like it's very like weird, like why you're looking at it. Um, just a lot of eccentric stuff going on in this game, and I'm I'm excited yeah. to like play an updated version of it. Or, according to the developers, the sequel to of it. <laughs> um, so, Pathologic cool. 2, last game, Ghosts of Tsushima. Yeah. So, 
This is a game made by um, not Insomniac, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Um, so it is a game where you are playing in feudal Japan. The year is uh, 1274. You are on the island of Tsushima. Um, it looks real neat. Yeah. It is uh, gorgeous. Like Sucker Punch makes gorgeous games. Um, and, you know, for some reason, like, there just hasn't been, like, a AAA developer really taking uh, a stab at Feudal Japan. Which is strange. Yeah, like, it astounds me that Assassin's Creed hasn't gone to Japan yet. Yeah. Like, it astounds me. And, <laughs> like, there is an entire history of, like, like, espionage and spies and, like, ninjas and shit in Japanese lore that the Assassin's Creed just has not thought to explore. Like, in, you know, one of, like, the most iconic <laughs> sites for uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I don't know much about Ghost of Tsushima. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. Like, it's really beautiful. And all the stuff that they've shown, which I thought was just a CG render, that's in-game footage. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so, like, Sucker Punch. I mean, in- Infamous... Was when does the too. lightning man come in i don't know when the lightning man comes in okay uh that's almost 800 years later oh okay yeah um <laughs> yeah like i liked infamous it wasn't my favorite series mm-hmm. uh but it definitely like is competent and shows that sucker punch knows what they're doing this game has a strange uh like font work something about like their font work for the their logo yeah. makes it seem like this is some kind of futuristic game. Um, so I'm curious if there's some kind of twist on this game where it has an Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed twist where maybe it takes place simultaneously in the future and in the past. Yeah. Um, but this is definitely one I've just had my eye on since it's been announced. Like, if they can make a a living, breathing Japanese world that I can explore... Like, I'm super down with that. Like, I'm so up to my eyeballs in, like, medieval Europe at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything is just, like, you know, like, as beautiful as The Witcher is, I'm just like, I don't care. Like, I don't need to see any more rundown fucking wooden huts and, like, windmills. <laughs> like, show me architecture from somewhere else. Like, that's one of the big reasons that I really appreciated, like, uh, the Uncharted games. It's just, like, they're showing history of like civilizations that aren't just European. Yeah. Um, and like, I get that like a lot of fantasy is tied in with that shit, but like, it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, the ghost of Tsushima looks really neat. Um, it's supposed to come out on the PS4 sometime this year. Um, I am bummed that it is a PS4 exclusive. Yeah. Um, I would really like to see this running on my PC. Um, but who knows, maybe the PS4 Pro will drop in price this year and I'll just pick one up. Maybe. But yeah, those were, that was my gauntlet of, (laughs) I mean, I think those 16 games. Something like that. Yeah. Um. A lot of stuff coming out this year. if you want some, you want some, uh, cool Japanese game, you should try out Neo. Uh, I have Neo. Oh. I've played a lot of Neo. I like Neo. Neo's fun. I'm thinking of just re-buying it on my pc and finishing it there yeah um just because the ps4 version you have the option of 
hey, do you want 60 FPS or do you want this to look nice? Yeah. And so I, I'm like, I want both game. So I, I might just uh, buy it again on my PC and play it again. Cool. Um, so for the last bit of this episode, we have our 2018. Uh, you have named these prophecies. <laughs> um, yes. Have you written some down? No. No? Okay. But I can just think of things. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I got my 10 here if you want me just to run down mine. Let's just go through yours. Let's yeah, go through okay. that. Maybe I can give mine another time. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so I have 10 things that I think are either going to happen or not happen this year, uh, depending on like the wording. But yeah. starting from the top. I'll give, you a, uh, I'll give you a 1 to 10 on the probability. The probability. Okay, I'm into that. Um, let's say uh, Nintendo doesn't launch their virtual console for the Switch this year. The virtual console specifically or their whole online program? Uh, the virtual console specifically. Um, like, fuck nine. I, I doubt that they put any old games no, on that. I, I'm with you. No, that's the thing. That's that. That's where my caveat is. I, I agree. I'll say nine or even ten that they don't put the virtual console out. I do think they will release old games. You think? But it won't be a virtual console thing. I think it'll be through their storefront Yeah. initially. Um, Yeah, but I think you're right that there's not going to be a separate virtual console store um, at at this year. If at all, they might might just scrap that idea. Yeah. Um, Next, I have, we will hear nothing about Final Fantasy VII through the entire Um, year from Square Enix. Seven. <laughs> I okay. give that a seven. Like, yeah, I, I have a feeling we'll hear something. It, it might, but I don't know if we'll get another gameplay video. Yeah, or anything like, or a extended E three demo. Okay. Um, I think that maybe like in December when PlayStation has PSX, they might have something to show. Uh they'll just right at the end there. Just, just like, right, right uh, at the right happening. at the end of the year, they're like, "Yeah, here's a, here's a the Sephiroth fight, yeah, and like just enough to get people excited again." But no, I agree with you that this is gonna be they're gonna be quiet about this for a while. Um, when was the last time that they said anything about it? Was it like two years ago? I feel like it was said... PSX two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Kingdom Hearts does not get released this year. <laughs> uh, five five okay i think it does i think i think it has to i think it gets released in you know end of this year Mm -hmm. i think that's actually going to be a big e3 thing okay for them um Um, i have next call of duty call of duty goes to vietnam Mm, no this one was kind of out there no (laughs) no I don't think it goes to Nam. Okay. Um, where would it go though? I don't even know. <laughs> I think it it's, goes. I think it's modern again. You think it's modern? I think it's modern, not futuristic. I, I could see that. I think it's modern, even like I can see them doing like a more subdued Call of Duty, like a more realistic one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like. I see something a, has to change. I feel like a modern one would make sense, like another modern game. Yeah, no it's been fu- a while. Not future or advanced, but just like yeah. 
yeah, this takes place today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, I have Crytek closes the doors. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? I think enough people... Uh, don't work e- there now <laughs> that they can keep the lights on? I think enough people use that engine. Okay, yeah. That, like... Because, like, if, for, if Crytek closed the door, like, what happens to the Witcher series? Yeah, okay. Like, yeah, so... I, I think um, Crytek stays around. What the the Witcher is done by? Uh, are they owned by Crytek? Don't they use that engine? You might be right. I don't I'm know what's sure. the Witcher engine. I'm not sure off the top of my head. The Witcher three engine. Uh, the red engine. Yeah. Um, which it might be based on on Cry engine. I felt like one of them was like, um, now I'm Wikipedia Cry engine. <laughs> CryEngine 5. Yeah. Um, okay. Games that use CryEngine. Uh, uh, boy. Oh, hold on. I'm on 5. Oh. Mm, okay. You might be. My prey uses it. Oh. Um, wow. Okay. Okay. No, The Witcher does not use it. Um, I'm looking at a lot of games here that it's <laughs> just like Evolve used it, Homefront uh. used it. Great. Sniper Ghost Warrior 3 used it. Of course. Rise Son of Rome used it. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> I think Crytek closes the doors, actually. I'll, I'll upgrade that to an 8. Okay. Yeah. Um, next is Respawn announces something that isn't Titanfall, or does, and it's focused on being a more social experience. I don't think Respawn announces a game this year. You don't think so? No. Okay. Um, uh, this one's uh, swinging for the fences here. Uh, Sony announces PS6 at E3 for next year. Absolutely not. Absolutely not? You're no. saying zero? The PS4 Pro came out in the fall. Or PS5. Sorry, I meant PS5, not PS6. I, yeah, so yeah, even that. Like, <laughs> Definitely not the PlayStation The Pro 6. just came out. They're not going to announce the PS, the PlayStation 5. Okay. Especially when they are leading in hardware. They're leading in hardware sales. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Well, no, you're right. The pro did still come out two there. years ago. Um, I'm, it's still on the wall. I'm putting it. I'm writing it there. No, that one's a fat zero. Okay. Um, this one's kind of just a joke, but I said EA never changes. No, ten. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing changes. Like every EA game this year comes out with the same shit same loot yeah. boxes they they might call them something else blind boxes oh my gosh i forgot to mention that over christmas my little cousin got a a bunch of blind boxes of toys and she was just like oh my gosh blind boxes i was like no what uh it just felt gross it felt gross to hear a little kid yell yes blind boxes that's a really weird thing for a kid to, to cheer Yes, I know. It, it was, uh, okay, next, I have Capcom announces a really bad-looking RE spinoff. A bad-looking RE spinoff. Like in the same way of uh, uh, Umbrella Corps. Um, what else are they working on? I feel They're like this is their... Monster Hunter? Their year for Monster Hunter and... I don't know. 
Mega Man. Oh, uh, yeah, that like, that new Mega Man. And maybe they'll yeah, try probably. to double, like, the Street Fighter arcade comes out this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Resident Evil year was last year. Yeah. They're going to work on just eight directly and not talk about anything until next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably, yeah it's I, probably I don't see them just all of a sudden burning all the goodwill they had from seven <laughs> on some shit that they cranked out for. Yeah. I, or I don't know. Maybe they do something like they remaster four like properly. Yeah, that'd be cool. Or they, like they, they, they try to they try to capitalize. Well, I mean, like when I say properly, I mean like what Sony's doing with Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, yeah. like just entirely remaking it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I this one's another. Uh, I I realized that I didn't really have any Microsoft stuff on here, so I put Microsoft unifies backward compatibility to the PC. Um. Hmm. What's that mean? Like you can play 360 games on your PC through like a store, just like yeah. If you can buy it on the Xbox Store, yep. you can just play like it on the your Microsoft PC. Store or the the Xbox Store. Uh, or yeah, if- yeah. I, if, if of all the companies, I feel like Microsoft is most poised to get out of the hardware business. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I can see them doing that, or even I well. I was going to say, or even like streaming them uh, on the PC, but like PlayStation does that now, or Sony does that now with the, the PlayStation Now stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can do that on your computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I have. But if you if you want to throw out some right now, or if you just want to wait until we get like Rob in here. Uh, um, I'll tell you what I want to do. Okay. <laughs> I want to look up an old blog that I wrote. Okay. About E3 predictions and see which of these haven't come true yet and see if they will. Okay. Let's do that. This is a blog I wrote in 2014 <laughs> <laughs> called 100 E3 predictions. Oh, geez. That's a or, lot of E3 predictions. Yeah. Or I wrote. Um, Roughly 70 predictions. <laughs> Let's see. Let me see which of these haven't come true yet. Oh boy, I'm talking about things like the Vita on here. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, I predicted some fucking th- bangers, though. Yeah? Looking at this list. I predicted that Shulk was going to be in Smash Brothers. Um, Chain Chomp has not come to Smash Brothers yet. Oh, let's see. Um, let me look at. I have these ordered by. Will happen to will never happen. Yeah. In my will never happen, which I've I labeled quiet, you stupid baby. These will never happen. <laughs> my the first one is Final Fantasy VII remake. Ah. I wrote, if every voter in America wrote Final Fantasy VII for president, Square Enix would still not make this. <laughs> Under that, I wrote Shenmue Three. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um. I wrote, the last Shenmue game was a gambling app for cell phones. This series is as dead as Rio's dad. Um. Well, look at that. I was wrong on two. Great. But this next one, Zone of the Enders Three. Uh-huh. Guess what? That's not going to happen. Never. 
Nope, because Kojima does not work for Capcom anymore, <laughs> or for uh, Konami. Um, here's one. Why not? A Pokemon MMO. Ah. <laughs> you think a Pokemon MMO is going to happen? Uh, no. No? Even with the say, popularity of the Switch? Two. I'm going to give that a two. A two? A two. Yeah. I no. think there there is a possibility there. I don't think it's this year or next year, maybe the year after. <laughs> I wrote here, God could part the heavens, eviscerate all video games except MMOs, and the Pokemon company would say, well, I guess we're done making games. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not great. What else here? Let's see. I said, we're not going to see a Star Wars Battlefront 3. I was right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was right for two reasons there. Because I didn't (laughs) think they've been updating the old Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yeah. That's Which ridiculous. is real funny. Yeah. Um, I didn't think they were going to make a Battlefront 3. but with, And I was right because they just renamed it Battlefront again. Yeah. And they're still... And now after two... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There won't be a third. Damn, I was I was right twice. Yeah. Um, they said we won't see Crackdown 3, which I was right too. Yeah, you're still... Yeah. <laughs> um... Man, my 24 predictions were spot on. <laughs> Let's see. Um, God, I mentioned Fable in here. What an ugly time to be alive. <laughs> Fable will never come out again in any other uh, form, not even Connect. Man, this is a sad paragraph I wrote here. What do you got? I'll just read it. Okay. I'll take you take you for a ride. Let's let's hear it. A gorgeous CG trailer begins, showing a hooded woman running through a derelict city from an unseen menace. Slowly the camera circles around, revealing Shell. That's right, Portal 3. But hold on. Shell fires a portal onto an oncoming wall and jumps through it, coming out the other portal onto a massive battlefield. Right along Gordon Freeman. Holy shit. Portal and Half Life together at last. They run through the battlefield, Gordon blasting combine soldiers as Shell manipulates the environment with her portal gun. The crowd can't stop crying. They just cannot stop crying and hugging one (laughs) another. The trailer moves from third-person perspective into first, and the words actual gameplay appear in the corner. Holy shit, when did graphics get this good? Everyone tweets. A massive combine cruiser approaches, and Shell and Gordon look at each other and give each other a reassuring nod. Then Shell shoots one portal on the ground and another at a passing comet, which fires upwards from the earth, obliterating a massive ship the blinding explosion suddenly freezes and the g-man apparates out from the center of the explosion walking closer and closer to the camera until we see only the iris of his eye it's been a long time mr freeman and his eye rolled back to reveal christmas 2014 all wars end (laughs) yep oops oops looks like guess what didn't happen any of that (laughs) none of that happened yep well look 2014 i wasn't perfect well i mean those were in the category of never happening so yeah that's true and some of them happened yeah so i don't know i don't like predicting the future why is that it's fun i feel like it's dangerous it's dealing with the devil (laughs) (laughs) basically yeah 
I don't know. Basically selling your souls. I can't even like, at this point, I can't even think of like a thing I really want to happen. Not so much of a, a prediction or like a most anticipated. Like if you ask me like, what do you want gaming to do in 2018? Like my brain just can't rack up an answer. I'm just like, slow down maybe? Yeah, stop. Re- relax a little bit? <laughs> like, I don't know, let these let these games breathe? Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's overwhelming. We're going to turn into movies. Yeah. I think uh, Sony will announce PSN name changes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. I think we're going to see Elder Scrolls 6. Mm, I'm... Hmm. I give that a solid 7. <laughs> yeah? 8, maybe? I feel like that's pretty reasonable, but I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, this has been a blast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we can end <laughs> this now. Uh, yeah. This has been uh, the Kyrocast uh, without small news. Sorry, no. everybody, for the sadness. Uh, but this has been the Kyrocast. January 9th, 2018. I'm Zach Thomas. I'm New Year's Dave. And we'll see you next week. Bye bye.